Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. I'm down to one last hope, and I hope it's Acme Podcast Incorporated. Hey, I'm Laser J. I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy and co-host. Hey, it's Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep. And this week, we're taking a look at... Hercules, Hercules. And Aladdin, uh, two Disney Renaissance films. Uh, and nice little symmetry, because we, uh, we, we did their uh, TV show versions together, too. Mm-hmm, because the, they originally had a crossover together. Yes. Uh, so, without that out of the way, before we get to that, and before we get to upkeep, and before we get to our weeks, I was just thinking we could do a little bit of a news thing. Because it's, uh, so, it's Comic-Con. It is Comic-Con. We've gotten quite a bit of stuff as of the recording of this podcast, but there will be more by the time this actually comes out. Yes, uh, which we won't have gotten to, but... LV. Yeah. We'll try to talk about it next week if we can remember. Uh, not next week. Next episode. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first thing I'd like to bring up is uh, they announced details about the next uh, uh, Dragon Ball movie. Yes. We got some uh, promo images. Uh, Piccolo has a house. Everybody. Yeah. Piccolo's got a house. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's fun. Uh, it's got a mailbox. <laughs> do you think Piccolo? Do you think Piccolo pays property taxes? Uh, I mean, he knows God. <laughs> he does know God. I mean, technically, he was God. Yeah, of. he was God. <laughs> Can you tax God? Uh, and he was also a demon king, technically. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say he's uh, quite possibly the only not evil libertarian. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely a way to look at it. Uh, but not all libertarians are evil, obviously, but they sure don't... They don't sure... give themselves a good reputation. No, they really don't. I, I know a few who... They're not jackasses, but... And they're... Yeah, but... much like all political ideologies, there are some aspects of certain political. There's like a few things here and there. I'm like, yeah, I can get behind that. It's just the collective yeah. of it all that I'm not into. Yeah, I mean, Every... go on. No, it's it, like I said, that's all political ideologies. It's like one or two things that you can cherry pick from that specific one that you're like, yeah, I agree with that. It's just when you package it all together. Yeah. I'm not a fan. It attracts uh, the wrong sort. It attracts certain people. Yeah. Uh, but that that's besides the point. Yeah, I, I don't think he pays property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to spend anything on food or water. Yeah. He doesn't I, eat. I'm pretty sure the only reason he has a post box is uh, because Gohan's like, well, you gotta have a post box. You gotta. Yeah. He's like... Okay. 
No, you no, you know he has some sort of monthly like magazine subscription or something like that. <laughs> um, oh, oh, like a like a child rearing magazine or something. Yes, yeah, and he has uh like meal kits that he <laughs> keeps around just in case he has to take care of Pan. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Piccolo um, in an apron. Yeah. We also got to see uh updated look at Pan. Yeah. Uh oh, he also got some new shoes. Uh oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I mean they showed his design for the movie, and the only thing that really changed is his shoes are a little different. Mm-hmm. Um I mean th- there's like little changes, like in his general like lines, but it's mostly just the shoes. Um Mm-hmm. And then we saw uh, two of the villains. Two, well, two of the characters. We don't know if they're villains. They kind of look like Toriyama villains, but uh, that that's assuming too much. Yeah, a little bit. We also saw some shots of, uh, I think, Goku and Vegeta in like, these new armors, I think. Okay. So, But that might be... Uh... No, no, sorry, I was... That was a fake screenshot. God. Yeah. I hate fake screenshots so much. Man. Yeah. And then there was... Uh, uh, the title is uh, Dragon Ball Superheroes or something like that? Yeah, Dragon Ball Superhero. Okay. Yeah. Is it what Dragon Ball Superhero or Dragon Ball Superhero? It's Dragon Ball Super colon Superhero. Okay, okay. Cool. What a weird... Title. Yeah, it probably sounds better in Japanese. I mean, I mean dra- dra- would it be Dragon Ball to Super? I don't know if they and then say this... superhero would probably be in Japanese. Yeah, like Senshi or yeah, something like that. Dragon Ball Super Senshi. Senshi, yeah, that yeah, works better like in that. Japanese. Yeah. It's better than having the same word twice in a row, even if separated by a colon. But you mean like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, th- there was a lot of other things announced. Uh, I, do, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we get into the thing we watched today? Um, uh, we got to see Krillin in his police uniform in that. Uh, the yeah. uh. Are these new characters look like um, the Rocketeer? A little bit, yeah. I can see it. I think they might also possibly be part of this, the Space Patrol. I can see that. They do kind of have that vibe, yeah. Yeah, whether they're villains or not, we don't know. But they're like Ultraman slash the Rocketeer. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Uh, I, I just spent like general... Comic-Con announcements that you oh, um, saw this before we get to the thing we both watched today. Oh, uh, let me think. Um, I think there was one... Oh, they, um... I don't know if they showed this at Comic-Con specifically, but there there's a Dead Space remake happening. Yes. Um... Yeah, that, that, that does... If you like Dead Space, that'll be... I, I And I do. Okay. I love uh, Dead Space. I'm angry that fucking EA and 
they're trying to like they're pulling at my strings and I'm falling yeah, for it. They might have it. They uh There's another mm. studio that's putting out like a spiritual sequel successor to it that uh is made up of previous devs on this, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also It doesn't we surprise got, um... me that they're remaking it then. There's a new uh, Adventure Time thing coming out too. Oh, yeah, Adventure Time, Time Wizard City, Wizard Ooh. City, Time, Adventure Time, Wizard City. Okay. Um, final the final Distant Land special. Oh yeah, I forgot about those distant Distant Lands specials. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, eventually, we will talk about Adventure Time on this show. Yeah, that that's one where I don't. I don't think I really want to do full season looks, but I feel like there's enough story in it to make that necessary. There is. Yeah. We also okay. got our first look at the Usagi Yojimbo show. Right. What? What? I didn't. I didn't get to see that. Uh, what, uh, what? I think we mainly got screenshots and some. Uh, yeah, we got some character concept stuff. Okay. Uh, let me. Uh, let me post it in the. Uh, in the chat. In the chat. Um, goodbye, Jerry Beans, man. Goodbye, Jerry Beans. Man. Um, okay. Yeah, we got that, and I believe we got a shot of Usagi himself as well. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, this, look, this looks all like the 2012 uh, TMNT style. Yeah, it does. Um... Um, if there's any other... I'm not crazy about the redesigns at this moment, but I'm sure I'll come around to it. Underground, blah, blah, blah. Eh, Samurai... Samurai... Is sp- the, t- the full title is Samurai Rabbit, colon, The Asagi Chronicles. Okay. Uh, Neo Edo. Hokage. Oh, it's not going to be in, um, like, classical Edo. It's going to be, like, Space. Cyberpunk, cyberpunk, yeah, cyberpunk future Edo, yeah, yeah, sixth, twenty sixth century. Yeah, I remember seeing that before. Um, um it's got James Wan is involved okay. as an executive producer. Nice. And he's a real big fan of uh the comic, so that's good. Yeah. So uh, he's during the panel. He's talked to oh Sakai, the original creator, is also involved. Okay, good. That's always and, good. And, and he's providing all input in every part of the production, et cetera, et cetera. And so they wanted to build character, character-driven story, and they really wanted to. They what they want to compare it to and get inspiration from are Hong Kong action comedies like Jackie Chan and Stephen Chow movies. That gives me hope. Yeah. So that's sort of the vibe they're going for. Alright. Renders the attempted to make it's not the first time he intended to make Soggy, blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's 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 generally about it. Alright. I was just uh skimming over the article. Alright. Uh well moving on to the thing we both watched. Uh we got to we got uh we if you uh you can still go to the, the Comic Con at home YouTube page, I'm pretty sure. Maybe the T V A uh, or, I mean the, the the Disney TVA page. I don't know which one is holding it. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but they had the uh, crossover panel between Amphibia and the Owl House, and that started out with a sneak peek at uh, the Ghost and Molly McGee. Oh. Yeah, Sorry. that that looks a lot of fun. Looks like a lot of fun. Um, been excited for that show ever since I saw the uh, well, actually last year's Comic Con thing yeah. that they showed, which was the animatic for the opening. Yeah, and then uh, we also got to see a uh, a clip of the first episode of season three of the Owl House, not the Owl House of Amphibia. Yes. Uh, and we also got. I don't know if this was in. I don't remember this being in the uh, the uh, the panel itself. But I did find later today that it is season three is due out October of this year. Okay, so it's going to be coming out along with Ghost and Mal- yeah. Ghost of Mala McGee. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then they did a nice little table read of uh, an original script of a crossover between the two shows that was fun um yeah yeah uh hope hope we get an actual crossover at some point that would be great but i think they did this because they know we're not (laughs) you know Um, know, weirder things have happened weirder things have happened yeah um but yeah uh that's it for news uh so kai let's hear about your week uh, I've been pretty busy the last couple weeks due to personal stuff, but I did have the time to the mean to check, read some more manga lately. And the first one we talked about it last week, but and Laser had read all of it. I've read most of what is currently out of Blue Lock. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Blue uh, Lock is not, a lot. Not not so much content, but it's like. Intense. Immense, it, it, yeah, it's intense. It's it, it's a lot to take in. The the one like um, you mentioned some of the stuff, you, some of the criticisms that you found with Blue Lock. The one that I want to point out is that um, now this can be a good or a bad thing depending how you look at it. Is that there is like no backgrounds, like like at all. Yeah, but. That I think that's purposeful because of the situation of where they are, and mm-hmm. because there are no backgrounds, it lets the character art really shine. Yeah, I honestly I think the reason why there's no, the reason the setting is what it is is so there doesn't have to be backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like there are there aren't zero backgrounds, just just like the backgrounds that are there are very minimal. Yeah. It's it's just enough to give you a sense of depth and positioning. Yeah, which you know, it makes sense within the context of the story. They're inside of an enclosed facility. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. It's indoor soccer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, up until the last arc, uh, or the arc that it's currently on. But yeah, yeah. Um, th- like that right shouldn't be a spoiler. The... That shouldn't. No, be a it's that because yeah. we're le- the the current arc that I'm reading is leading up to that arc. Yeah. Which I'm I'm very excited for. Um, but yeah, Blue Lock is interesting because, like you said, it it fights back against the uh, modus operandi of a lot of sports and shonen manga in general. Yeah, which is friendship and team teamwork conquers all. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, which I can appreciate on one level. 
it's it's more leaning into an aspect that sports manga does talk about uh some more than others that i'm glad it's kind of getting more focus here and that's the idea of there is a sense of camaraderie but like the i what blue lock really does well is the idea of rivalry sparking growth yes Except Which here, it's is, not just rivalry with your opponents, it's rivalry with your allies. It's rivalry with your allies, it's rivalry with your opponents, it's challenging your own self-perceptions. Yes. About, it's also rivalry with yourself. Yeah, literally rivalry with yourself, and trying to overcome your own self-inflicted restrictions yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't... I think there are some things in this manga that are good to take away oh yeah uh just not everything yeah i i think that's on purpose i think it, it falls into that sort of like I, I call it the rick and morty effect where it's mm. like you look at the creators and you look at like what they're trying to say and you're like oh no this character isn't supposed to be a role model or idealized oh but everyone's misinterpreting it as that is the person that they want to be fight club fight club yeah fight club effect is really a better one rick and morty is just more current yeah fight it's it's the fight club effect yeah um but there are some cool things in it like i said the, the once we get past like that the the team first couple team art and we get into the stuff with the two on twos and the four on fours that's when blue lot gets really interesting yeah for sure the the second selection about when you defeat an opponent choosing the guy from the other team and like choosing who to go up against because you kind of want to go forward but if you go against a weak team the guy you get is gonna suck there's one plot line i'm still waiting for them to call back on Mm. that was introduced in that one uh that they just oh the, I, I, the, the wild card yeah yeah i'm waiting for that also yeah uh because i mean i'm not that far ahead of you they have not called on that yet and I, okay this current arc really has a sensation of final arc almost mm. um i could see what the potential next arc would be but this one really has a sense of final arc almost. It's, it's like penultimate. No, it feels ultimate. Okay. I could see it being penultimate, but the way it like mm -hmm. I get maybe it. yeah. It it it's hard to every so often there there's a, there's there's sports series that'll do something where it's like, this is the goal. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a new goal. They just introduced the new goal. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah. it's interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to reading more. Yeah. Uh the other manga that I read, uh I've been meaning to reread it again and like catch up to where it is now. Mm-hmm. That's uh Dungeon Meshi. Oh, okay, yeah. AKA Delicious and Dungeon. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who haven't read Delicious in Dungeon, uh, one you sh number one you should. It's very fun. 
Yeah, del for those who haven't read Delicious in Dungeon, the basic premise is it's about a group of... It's in, set in a D&D uh, Western fantasy world, and it's about a group of adventurers going through a dungeon, and they survive the dungeon by eating the monsters and using their various body parts for certain purposes. Yeah. Uh, it's... While it is more more comedy focused, there is there are dramatic elements and there is a plot. Yeah. And it's very interesting, and I'm I am looking forward to seeing where the that plot goes. It's a little Dragon Ball esque in that respect. Oh yeah. I feel that. Yeah. the The strongest aspect of it is its art and its character design. Yes. It. it yeah. I love, um, I forget his name, the artist of uh, Dungeon Meshi. Hold on. Dungeon Meshi is by. Uh, public. Ryoko Kui. Ryoko Kui. Okay. Uh, he does one thing that I really, really like, and that's, um,. I like that he's not afraid to draw women with a lot of different types of bodies. Body diversity. He has he has a lot of body diversity in his art. Not even just in his yeah. female characters, just in general. Yeah. Really. There's short ladies. There's fat ladies. There's well, the short characters, fat characters, muscular characters. Yeah. Uh, thin characters, characters of various skin tones. I love how he draws orcs. I love. Does he draw them plate. as like pig people too? Yeah, he's like, he likes pig. He likes the pig orcs. Yeah, that, that that seems to be pretty much the consensus in Japanese media. Yeah, I like it because he he does it with the, the ladies too. It's yeah, like the the pig orc ladies, they're very cute. Yeah. Um, but I haven't caught up all the way yet. I'm like, I've read most of it, and I'm still, I don't think I'm at any point that I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten to anything I haven't read before yet. Okay. But, um, I am hoping that Delicious in Dungeon gets an anime. I could see it, uh, getting a limited one. Mainly because when a manga gets an anime... It um really skyrockets the manga's popularity. Yeah, and the manga deserves it. Yeah, uh, I, I I could see it getting an anime. I I really can. Yeah, I've also mentioned. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times, like when talking about characters like Luce and even Anne. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that he does really well that I like. He's he lets not them make the the funny ugly faces yeah he's not afraid to let his female characters be ugly yeah <laughs> or conventionally unattractive and make really goofy faces yeah which everyone's i like got, a lot every, everyone's got a rubber face it's nice it's really good um, there's it's full of just amazing like moments and comedic comic there are there are scenes in that manga you can take completely out of context and they're still fucking hilarious. Nice. Or just There's a... But anyway. Yeah. If you like that one, 
uh, there's another manga I'd like to recommend. Uh, Soso no Free Aaron or Free Aaron at the Funeral. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't... Because this, is, this is a visual medium, as I said about <laughs> taking... Taking a screenshot out of context, I posted uh, something from Dungeon Machine. All right. Machine. Well, I'm 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 po- I'm tweeting I'm I'm tweeting this picture. Okay. Cool. If anybody uh, a, anybody yeah. follows Lasers Lasers. Twitter. No, 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 no. I'm putting it on the API Twitter. Okay. Cool. All right. Um. For those of you who want to know what I posted. Yep. That'll be it. And I'm pinning it. Yep. <laughs> Dungeon Missy is fucking great. Uh, <laughs> I love Dungeon uh, Missy so much. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I- I'd really recommend uh, So So No Free Aaron, uh, Free Aaron at the Funeral. Um, mm-hmm. It, it kind of, it's not as uh, gag-focused as uh, Dungeon Meshy, but it kind of, it hits the same vibes for me in, like, storytelling. Mm-hmm. How do you spell that? Ray Aaron? Oh, I'll, I'll send you the link. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I see, okay. Yeah. Uh... It's a nice, it's, it's, it's a good manga. Um, okay. I like it. All right. But, uh, um, yeah, that's it for me. Okay, cool. Everyone go read Dungeon Mishi right now. Yep. Uh, all right. I... Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I ended up watching the rest of Big City Greens. Nice. Uh, because... After we, I talked about it last week, uh, discovering that I enjoyed it, uh, I was just like, I I want to watch more Big City Greens. I, I just want to watch. I just want to watch the rest of it. I couldn't wait until, you know, the next Owl House episode to catch a few more episodes. Um, yeah, that show's real good. I mm-hmm. uh, can't recommend it enough. Uh, go watch it. Yeah, um, I, I I had actually intended to watch it, but like I said, I've been. Yeah, I know. Busy. Yeah, uh, th- th- that was more intended for the audience. Oh yeah, um, fair. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's real good. I like it a uh, whole lot, whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also watched uh, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. I meant to talk about this last week actually, but I forgot. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon finally left premiere and. You can just watch it regular Disney Plus now, um, mm-hmm. uh, or buy the DVD or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. It 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 feels very much along the lines of like Mulan or Moana. Um, oh, cultural, yeah. Uh, cultural and you know female led, obviously, and mm-hmm. um. It, it it's very fun, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard mixed things about it, but I want to see it for myself. I want to form my own opinion. Yeah, 
Uh, it's not a musical. Uh, oh, I, 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 I imagine not. I, w- yeah. I, I don't expect musicals out of Disney anymore. It's just nice when it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I still kind of do, because Moana was a musical. Um, yeah, it was. I, I think that, like, getting a musical every once in a while is fine. They don't all have to be musicals. I really just expect it from the princess movies. And this, she is a princess, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't have a prince, but she she's a princess. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. strongly implied that she has another princess, uh, but it's not implicit. So, mm, well, uh, yeah. Sometimes that's all we're ever gonna get. Yeah, because uh, the mouse sees all. Yeah, the mouse sees all. God damn. Anyway, uh, I liked it. Uh, I would recommend it. it. It's a very good Disney act. In that respect, I would actually like it. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I'd actually like it more to Tarzan. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it, it, it's just a good action flick with a oh. with heart. Okay. Because, um, cool. like... Yeah. Uh... Mm-hmm. The surface comparisons are Mulan and Moana. Cause yeah, it's like, isn't it like Indonesia? It's Southeast Asia. Yeah, or Southeast Asia. Yeah, it, it's like Indonesia, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, put on yeah. that sort of area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of content it really feels more like a tarzan like tarzan did where it's just a real good family action film okay uh, with a good story i'll have to, and, I'll have to yeah. check it out yeah uh i also I heard really... good things of, i also heard sorry i also heard good things about uh wish dragon i never saw that yeah um it, it, was, it just came out recently okay it's it is a it is a Aladdin, except okay. instead of a genie, it's a dragon. Okay. As far as I'm, I've heard, it's pretty good. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, I fit. I uh, started and finished in this two week period because it's a it's a pretty short book. Uh, The Princess Diarist. Which okay. is uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, last little uh, like uh, memoir kind of thing. Yeah, her autobiography. Bi- Not quite an autobiography because it's really just about a very specific period of her life. Okay, so mem- yeah, memoir. Yeah. Um, that sounds great. And part love- of it is... Hmm? I love Carrie Fisher, so that sounds great. Yeah, it, it was. Um Mm-hmm. It also includes uh, she just straight up like published pages from the diary she kept during the filming of uh, the first Star Wars film. Ooh. Uh, but it's almost all pertaining to the uh, sexual affair she had with Harrison Ford during the filming of it. What? Yeah. I didn't know about that. No one knew. That's uh, until this was published, no one knew. Holy shit, that's crazy. And he was married at the time and 14 years her senior. Ooh. Yeah. 
spicy. Yeah. Um, it does not paint a great, great picture of Harrison Ford. At the time, no. Um, or him in general. Yeah, of him in general. Um, mm-hmm. Or just what it's like to be in a relationship with him. Because he did get divorced shortly after Star Wars finished filming. But yeah, to her well. knowledge, it was not because of her. Mm, um, well, mm. yeah. Because uh, they, according to the book, they never rekindled that uh, affair on and during any of the other filmings. It was just that one that during that one period of time in London. Well, uh, I know that like days, even after that. I know for a fact that her and Ford were still very good friends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so there's clearly no bad blood there, but... Oh, for sure. Um, it, it was just sort of the... I, I think she painted a lot of the problem as... She caught feelings, but he didn't. Mm. And so it was a lot of frustration, and they were still sleeping together throughout the whole thing. Mm. Um interesting and also she was like she just turned 20 yeah so I she mean, was still basically a kid uh and yeah. he was 30 something yeah it's not the greatest yeah it it's complicated. It, it's not the great it, it's it's i would I'd not have... suggest dating someone that much older than you when you're that young oh no neither would i it's a very it's very easy for someone to take advantage of you when you're that young. Yeah. Um, but it does happen. Yeah. I mean, my parents had 16 years between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Once you reach a certain age, though, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, but my dad it's... met my mom, like, fresh out of medical school. Like, she was only 23, 24. Jesus. And he was... 16 years older than her. But even then, my mom wore the pants in their relationship. Mm. Uh, my mom just has a real strong personality. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, um... Yeah. That, that's besides the point. Uh, age gaps can work, but they have to... It's a slippery slope. It's complicated, uh, and this is above our pay grade. I don't think this is above our pay grade. I I don't think it's above my pay feel, grade. I don't feel qualified to talk about it. All right. Nor uh, do I feel I, comfortable talking about it. Okay. My basic take, my, my basic opinion is if you're under 30, don't date people above 30. Yeah, no, that's a completely valid take. Uh... That that's extreme situation. That that's what I would tell a twenty-year-old. <laughs> well, uh, no, I think it's someone who's twenty-seven can date someone who's like thirty-two. Exactly. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I would tell a twenty-year-old. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would tell a twenty-five-year-old don't date someone older than like thirty-three. Mm. Uh, that's fair enough. It's a but weird. Once you hit thirty, sky's the limit. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that th- that that's my takeaway. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that this is one of the few times I think I don't I I have enough wherewithal to make a comment. Fair enough. As someone who was both twenty and is over thirty. 
and has seen plenty of people in plenty of types of relationships. Fair enough. Um. <clears throat> anyway. But... Uh, yeah, so I read that. That was real good. Uh, real fascinating. Uh, she talked about, you know what she called, uh, autograph signings? What's that? Celebrity lap dances. I love yeah. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher's great. Um. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, that was a damn good read. Uh. I'll have to check that out. The only type of fiction, nonfiction, I don't fall asleep reading is like biograph- biographies and autobiographies and memoirs and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love reading history, but I fall asleep reading it. Like I just yeah. straight up do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, that that's that. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I played more Code Vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sort of become the thing I do while I listen to podcasts. Um, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you I, want, did you want to talk about He-Man or wait until I watched it? Uh, I was going to mention that was that was the last thing. I'm trying to remember what else I did. Um. Oh, I watched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters finally. Yeah. Got around to it. Yeah, I I loved King of the Monsters way more than the first Legend films. Yeah, I I definitely liked it more than the first one. I didn't like it more than Kong of Skull Island. I still haven't seen Kong either. Well, I haven't seen Kong, and I haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong. I haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong either. That that's next on my to do list. Um, I really I really do want to see it. Yeah. Kong of Skull Island, the only, okay, the fights in uh, King of the Monsters are a lot better than the fights in Kong of Skull Island, mm-hmm. but Kong of Skull Island has a lot of performances that I like more. Yeah, that's fair. The A lot of the human stuff is very flat in first, both the first Legend, Godzilla film, and King of the Monsters. There's some, there's some pretty good performances, like... Uh, what's his name? Is Sarazawa? He kind of Sarazawa's good. Uh, Charles Dance did an excellent job. He just chews up any scene he's in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, in in King of the Monsters. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, he's fucking Tywin Lannister, and he's that. That's the least of the things you should be saying when you talk about goddamn Charles Dance. Mm-hmm. But it's the most accessible one. Um. Yeah. Charles Dance is great uh, as an actor. I don't know uh, about him as a person. Millie Bobby Brown is is pretty good in that movie too. Yeah, she she's good. Apparently, she's in Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Hmm. Okay. Uh, apparently, she comes back in that one. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but in in Kong Skull Island, uh, between Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, John C. Riley, it's just ooh, there's mm. a lot of good performances in that. Okay, <clears throat> and it also has like a real good sense of humor. Uh, I just like it. also I just like Kong more. I don't know why. No, I know why I like Kong more than Godzilla. But monkey, 
not only monkey. Uh, I had a stuffed King Kong when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I've always been, uh, I've always been more of a Godzilla person. Yeah. Uh, I I just because I was like a, so that was the most emotionally attached I ever was to a stuffed animal. Is the, that King Kong I had? The reason that I always got pissed about the King Kong versus Godzilla thing was number one, they had to make him a lot bigger. Yeah. Than he originally was, which I'm fine with. It it made sense in this one. In this one, yes, because it's a reboot, so it's like you know you can. Get, I'm talking like specifically the original one. In the original, yeah. They made him a lot bigger, and they gave him like electricity powers for absolutely no goddamn reason. Yeah. And then in I know this for a fact in Godzilla versus Kong, they gave him some bullshit too. Yeah, of course. Not new powers, just some bullshit. Yeah. But uh, King of the Monsters was was a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's a real treat for anyone who's really into Godzilla because a lot of references and, like, winks to to anybody who's a big fan of Godzilla. Yeah. I was really wondering how they were going to get the the Mothra twins in there, and then they did. Yeah, Yeah, they did. They fucking did. did. It was was great. Um, I love that. Mothra is the only moth I like. (laughs) It's just something... It's because it's so ridiculously big that it just enters the realm of that's awesome. That's fair. Uh, I really liked that um, Ghidorah's code name was Monster Zero. Yeah. Because the original film where Godzilla fought Ghidorah was Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. Oh. Yeah. Because he was he wasn't called he wasn't called Ghidorah until later. I see. And his origin varies depending on which film series you're watching. Sometimes in this he, one, it's space. Sometimes he's an alien. The weirdest one was the nine was the Heisei era Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Um, not destroy all monsters. That's a whole different thing. In Godzilla yeah. versus King Ghidorah in the Heisei film, the deal was that these people from the future went into the past to basically help the present to stop Godzilla from ever existing by basically making it so the dinosaur that was mutated by the nuclear bomb that hit that island wasn't there when it hit and then what they did was in their time machine they left behind these three little like creatures from the future that fused together to become Ghidorah I I see. Yeah. And then and then it was like, well, we can't beat Ghidorah. What we need is Godzilla. So they made a new Godzilla with a nuclear bomb. And it's like, shit, he beat Ghidorah. We can't beat Godzilla without Ghidorah. And then they made Mecha Ghidorah. And then Mecha Ghidorah went out of control. And they were like, shit, we gotta help Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 But um, in this one in this one he's just an alien. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how they do Monster Island. Yeah, Monster Island would be cool. Uh, I, I, my only frame of reference for any real kaiju things, I think I've brought this up before when we talk about Godzilla or whatever, but did you ever read the old webcomic uh, Twisted Kaiju Theater? I've heard of it, never actually read it. Okay, it's... I kind of doubt it holds up. Um... 
It it was big edgelord energy. Oh, okay. Big edgelord weeb energy. Mm. Um, I could be wrong. It's been more than ten years since I read it. I read it in high school for crying out loud. Um. Mm-hmm. But basically, it was just this guy made comics about him and his friends, but using instead of drawing, he just uh, set up. Toys. He had these, yeah, little uh, little SD, uh, like a super deformed chibi Godzilla figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was uh, he was portrayed by Godzilla. His buddy, who was sort of like the straight man to his funny man, was portrayed by Space Godzilla. Uh, King Ghidorah was there. I don't remember what the dynamic was, but the King Ghidorah apparently at the time when you ordered, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this looked pretty edge lord. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, <sighs> um. Can you post safe for work, Sasuke? Because I'm distracted. Fine, I'll post safe for work. Are you distracted by the fucking lizard titties? No, I'm distracted by the colors. Hold Genuinely. On. Oh, fucking <laughs> safe for work, Sasuke. It, it's like a train wreck I can't look away from. Better? Yeah, I'm just going to. There we go. I, I could have solved that problem a lot easier. I could um, just delete it. No, I think it needs to be there for posterity. Uh, More like posterior, am I right? No, you're not right. <laughs> I'm not giving you that one. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> apparently, at the time, when you ordered uh, Little Godzilla mm-hmm. uh toys or just maybe it could have just been normal godzilla toys uh the import site that you use used to pack send uh, little bags of uh lemon candies with mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. that looked like little like marshmallow like little miniature marshmallows you would put in your uh hot chocolate we're getting deep in the paint on this it's all leading to the joke that the the king the character who was portrayed by king Ghidorah pooped those out wherever he walked that's fucking stupid. Yeah, that that's just to give you an idea of the uh, humor. Yeah, yeah. The general tone. Also, eventually, the main character, the main guy, got a girlfriend, and he put her in, and he used um, the parrot thing from Yu Yu Hakusho. You can't see it, but I'm just. I'm. All right. Anyway, you remember what I'm talking about with the the, the, the guy with the flute had the parrot. Yeah, yeah, he used that to portray his girlfriend. All right. Yeah. Anyway, that that that's that. Um, that, but they actually do get into like actual Godzilla lore sometimes because the guy's obviously a huge Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. And so all of my vague kaiju knowledge comes from Twisted Kaiju Theater. All right. Which is a... uh, Which was inspired by Twisted Toy Fair Theater, which was a feature in Toy Fair Magazine. 
where they used uh typically they used uh the old 70s Mego uh like 8-inch figures with cloth goods on them uh to make funny little comics. Uh this has been Toy Corner with yeah. the, the, the more this is the more you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that, that's where my knowledge of Godzilla comes from. I just want to share that to make you sad. Um. No, no, it made you upset more than me. Yeah, it did. It really did. Uh, also, I will take any excuse to talk about Toy Fair Magazine, because I love Toy Fair Magazine, and I miss it dearly. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Then I watched, uh. Masters of the Universe Revelations and without getting too much into it because you're planning on watching it so we'll we'll do a spoiler talk next time. Yeah. Um it's only 5 episodes for starters so it's, it'll be real quick to get through. Yep. Um I did it one morning like just watch mm-hmm. it all together. Um It's less Hercules and more Xena. I'm okay with that because I fucking love Xena. Yeah. Uh, because He-Man's not really in most of it. That's fine. I know I, I, I saw from the trailer that Tila is kind of a big focus of that. Oh, Tila's the main character. Cool. Cool. Um, hey, I'm, I'm here for this. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give context for that until we do a like a more in-depth talk about it, which will be next week. Yeah, we will. If that's not the episode. That's just going to be our weeks. Yeah, it'll just uh, be our week, but it probably will take up a chunk of time. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway. But then again, it's only five five episodes, it is, so but it can't we'll... take up a huge amount of time. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. But um... <clears throat> I'm excited for more episodes. Oh, yeah. That, we're we're that... going to get five more episodes probably because it's like a two-part thing. I I don't know. Because this is just season one. Season two will probably be another five episodes, but I don't know if it's all going to be wrapped up in two seasons. You might get three. I, I, I have not heard... I've tried to read every article I could find on this, and none of them talk about a maximum number of seasons. Well, we'll find out, I guess. We will find out, yeah. Um... They killed my favorite character, and I'm not okay with that. And that's all I'm going to say because you don't know who my my favorite character. Oh is. no, not fucking Cringer. Cringer's not my favorite. No, yeah. I I know. I'm um, always got it. Yeah, uh, they killed my favorite fucking character. Even before this series, because this series does that character real proud. Uh, Killed my fucking favorite character, I swear to God. Um, yeah, well. Welcome to what it's anyway. like. To, welcome to what it's like to be a Leomon fan. Oh, I was already there, my dude. I know. <laughs> uh, you, ever, you ever see that uh, post that's like, your star sign tells you how well you do in the digital world? And then it's like, Leo. every single one of them is... You'll do fine, except for Leo. Yeah. God oh, damn. I'm really looking forward to eventually talking about Digimon. Same. We will get to that. We will. Um. 
when you do upkeep. I feel like there was some. No, I feel like there's something else. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's get to upkeep. Uh, we got two episodes of uh, Owl House to talk about. We got Hunting Palisman and Eda's Requiem, and both have a lot to talk about. Yeah, hey, Owl House, uh, can you, like, slow down for, like, just a hot second? I'm going to say cynically, no, they can't. They can't. They can't because of season three. I know. Yeah. But at the, um, at the same time, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but but starting out slow, uh, the intro got updated. Oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? I think it got updated both times because I don't believe we ever got to see uh, Hunter's face in the previous intro. I don't think we did either. But we did get to see at least a sliver of it in, in the intro during Ida's Requiem. Yeah. Um, one of the big, other than like the, before the Hunter stuff and the Palestine stuff, the, one of the big things that both these episodes kind of got into was um, we got to see all the leaders of the, the Covens. Yes. Which I'm, I'm excited to see what they can all do. We In uh, the Requiem, we did get to see what the Beastmaster Coven leader and the Abomination leader could do. Yeah. Excited to see what all the other Coven Masters can do. Yeah. I am... Ooh, doggy. Ooh, doggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, um... But, but let's start with, uh... Hunting Palace. Hunting Palismans. You were right. It, it was about Golden Guard. Um... I, I called it. I would still like an episode exploring Basha a little, just because I find her to be a fun character. We did get uh, to see her a little bit in this episode. Yes, yes, we did. Um, Which was very cute. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, I just, I like a good, hateable character. That, that's all. Yeah, I like um, seeing the Bat Lady again. Yeah, Bat Queen. Bat Queen of the Bat Queen. Yeah. Uh, all the little palismans and Kikimura and... Biggest yeah. plot twists ever that... That's not Bump's face. Yeah, and he's got hair. I I don't know how, how much do I want to call myself out. Go ahead. I hate that he's kind of hot. Yeah. That's what a good head of hair does, man. <laughs> I'm angry that he's kind of hot. Yeah. And I like the, the thing where it's like, the reason he has it on all the time is because he's blind in one eye. Yeah. And that's cute. Yeah. It's just a neat little... It's like he has a seeing eye imp. <laughs> seeing eye palisman, yeah. Seeing eye palisman. Yeah. Excuse me, that's my emotional support palisman? And we got introduced. We we did, not in this one, but in the next one, I think we figured out why he installed the uh, the uh, not he. I'm sorry, uh, the emperor. Why the emperor installed the uh, coven system? Yes, he's still in the magic. Yep. The um uh, the thing that was the other thing that was interesting. Of course, we we were theorizing about who who and what were people palismans what they were gonna get willow getting a b that makes sense yeah it do and gus got a chameleon 
Yeah. Also, Which, again, all, illusions. Also makes sense. Yeah. I am very sad. I mean, Luz pointed out like, "Hey, is Amity here?" Nah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I. You know what? Valid. I feel like the Blights could afford to get some uh, Palastrum wood. Yeah, but not just that. Like, Amity does not want to be anywhere near Luz right now. I, I would argue she does, but she can't emotionally handle it. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> she does, but she doesn't know what she'll say when she sees her again. Yeah. Uh, who dog? Um, yeah, the, the main focus of the episode is, of course, we, we, Hunter. We, we meet Hunter. The Golden Guard. Yeah, the Golden Guard. Uh, it brings up something I've been really interested interested about. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, people who can't use magic. Yes. And I think I know why. Oh? I a think he, Descendant of a human? He's a descent. He's half human. Yeah, he's a descendant from a human. Which is why he said him and his family. Mm, yeah. There's not a lot of witches who can use magic in his family because his, his, the, the, the patriarch of his line is... Uh, what was his name? The the uh, the human Philip. Philip. Yeah, yeah, Philip. So, it's possible that Peter. Uh, yeah, it's Philip. It's, Philip. it's possible that 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 Belos isn't uh, Philip. Yeah, it's possible that he's not. Um, he called him uncle, but I don't know if they're actually related. No, because he says the emperor pulled me up and gave me this power and made him family also that the emperor's current condition is because of wild magic yeah called him being cursed yeah you did called it yeah but um that um that one scene at the end when he his arm fires out like a spear really um and then you look at uh, the other side of Hunter's face. And you're just like, oh, I see. I don't like mm. the implication of that. Yeah. The the scar and his the nick in his ear. Yeah. Not a fan. <coughs> but I was surprised at how much I liked Hunter. Yeah. Um they're definitely setting him up to be sympathetic, which could either be Redemption Arc for Season 2, or it could be uh, Misdirect. Um, yeah, it's... I'm interested. Like, uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm very interested. I... I'm real conflicted over it all, because I really wanted the Golden Guard to just be a character that was easy to hate. Mm-hmm. But then this episode really makes me want it to not be a misdirect because, damn it, I genuinely like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that the dynamic between him and Luz, people pointed out, is basically their siblings. Yeah, yeah, they're brother sister. They're yeah, uh, they're not quite close enough yet for it to really be found family, obviously, but. They they definitely have that sort of dynamic. Yeah, the the other thing that um, 
I don't think people are talking enough about. People talked mainly about Hunter and the course and all the stuff with Bellis in this episode. But I really like that Luce is finally having some self doubts and introspection about her as a, herself. Yes, because Luce has gotten development, but it feels like it's kind of like just been very straightforward and nothing that she hasn't wanted before. Now it's yeah. it doesn't know where she's going. Which I think is interesting. Yeah. I, I never yeah. thought about it until they pointed it out in this episode. It's like what happens when you finally go home? What does it mean that you want to be a witch? What do you actually want to do with yourself? It is it's important questions that she needs to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to see that Kikimura is a fucking little bitch. Yeah, she is a piece of work. Yeah, she's a real piece of work. I mean, it, it makes sense. She's, you know, conniving. She's... If, uh, if Lilith it was the right hand and now Hunter's the right hand then she's she was the, the left hand. Yeah, she's the left hand. Wait, actually, is the hand Hunter had a left hand? What? Is the hand on her head a left hand? Uh, let's look at this up real quick. Kikimura. No, it's a right hand. Okay. Although, there is something fun that I learned about because this is who I'm as a person. Mm-hmm. Is that Kikimora, the name, is the name of a legendary Slavic house spirit. Hmm. Um, when a Kikimora inhabits a house, she lives behind the stove or in the cellar. And usually produces noises similar or made by mice in order to obtain food. Hmm. And uh, this is what a picture. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of them. Yeah, it's very, very weird oh, creature. Drawings. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a rodent thing like that. Sometimes it's like a crow thing. It's, it's a mischievous house spirit. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if that has yeah. any bearing on Kikimura's character, but I like finding out the origins of stuff, like stuff like that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it does because mm-hmm. I would not describe her as mischievous. I would describe her as conniving. Oh yeah. Uh, the um, the other thing in this episode, uh, which they kind of a lot talked about in the amphibia. And our house uh, panel was um, we got a new settlement. That's not burnt. Yeah, Lycia. Uh, Lycia? Yeah. Something like Lycia. Lystia. Yeah. It's named after uh, one of the named after one of the backbones. Leticia. Leticia. And uh, a lot of the production around that specific location and uh, how 
all the background characters in it were unused designs that they just kind of like ended up putting there because they needed some background characters, which I think is cool. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, some of the prototype designs for uh, Willow's parents were there. Yeah. I think that's neat. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about um, character designs. If something doesn't make it for finalized for a more major supporting character, hey, you got a background character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got a background character. And also, the location yeah. is just cool. Yeah, it it's in the armpit uh, of the Titan. So it's a little swampy. <laughs> a little bit. Uh... Yeah, little gross. it's real cool. And they live inside the holes of the marrow, which is fucking sick. Yeah, that is wicked. Makes me really want uh, a setting book to play this in a tabletop game. Yes, that it'll never happen officially, but I could see someone making adapting it. it. Yeah, I think you could easily play a game in this the boiling isles where everyone is either like some is some sort of caster yeah like a if, if you really need to have a melee class spell sword yeah spell sword yeah uh what what's her name uh eldritch knight yeah no um i was trying to remember uh, the mean girl from uh gus's story oh right yeah i'm yeah i don't remember her name she was carrying a sword, so yeah, yeah. It, Spell sword. I think it would be cool. Yeah, for sure. But um, anyway, anything else? about That's that one. Yeah, nothing. Nothing else about hunting palismite. I don't think. Nah, Ida's requiem. Woo! Ida's got a date friend. Ida has a non-binary love interest. A date friend. A date friend. That- that that's the term that I was introduced to for date. non-binary folk. Date friend is good. Yeah, very cute. I also I love them. Yeah, they're great. Uh, they're a bard who has stage fright. Bard who has stage fright, and before anyone says anything, officially confirmed by the voice uh, actor or actress. I don't know what their pronouns are. But, um, Actor defaults to non-binary. The 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 performer is also non-binary. Sick. A non-binary character being played by a non-binary, uh, voice person. Performer. A voice performer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I I do believe technically, uh, actor does count as a a, a neutral term because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who would generally be referred to as actresses who refer to themselves as actors. That's true. Um, That's very true. It's like how you use um, a man in the generic sense of, like, humankind. Yeah. Um, but, and also I know, I, I said performer multiple times, but I know there's, it's sometimes seen as a pejorative term mm-hmm. for people who are in the entertainment industry because actor is an artist, but a performer is someone who will just do anything for a buck entertainment yeah. wise yeah well uh but that's, that's why i call myself a performer 
Uh, Isn't this the first time, as a side note, This is, I think this is the first time we've seen a bard at work in this world. Yes, this, this is the first time we've seen bardic magic in this world. And I've that, that's why I've been so fucking excited about this episode. Because you, like uh, you like bards? Not, not only because I like bards, but I've been so curious about like how they would do bardic magic. Yeah. Because like, it has to be visual because it's a visual medium. Bardic magic tends to not be very visual in the D&D sense. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like the bardic magic in a D&D sense, which I like. Yeah. It's more um, like using sound to manipulate the area things. around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat as hell. Yeah. Um, we also got some... Well, a one we met uh, Rain. What, their name is Rain, right? Yeah, Rain. Rain, and we got more stuff about Ida and their relationship, which I thought was really... I love that... This is the first time we've ever seen Ida be all... Ida's the Amity. Yeah, Ida's the Amity in this scenario, although they do seem to have mutual feelings for each other. Oh, yeah, they do, but... The blushy one. Amity doesn't have the blushy... Doesn't... She Amity doesn't have like stage fright, right? Mm-hmm. Like she can do public speaking, she can confront people. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have that issue. But she gets tongue tied around Luz. Yeah. Ida's blustery as all hell. Nothing stops her, but Rain ties her tongue. It's very probably literally. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, uh yeah. But we also got some stuff where I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes that Ida could possibly weaponize her curse. Yeah, that's real cool. It's like a weird anti-magic. Yeah, we're getting a little black clover here now. We are getting <laughs> we are getting a little black clover. Uh sidebar my cons- my consensus on Black Clover is Black Clover is pretty okay. Okay. It's fun enough. I'll probably get back to it at some point. It's 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 got some cool stuff in it and it's fun enough. That's okay. all I want to say about that. Anyway. I do want to get back to that, but anyway. Um Oh, uh, what else? Um We saw King's dad or potentially King's someone dad. Someone who looks like king he's one of king's people at the very least he's related to king in some capacity some way somehow the very end yeah and like i said we we got to see the abominations expert and the wild uh mage expert in this one yeah well beast handling yeah beast handling i love them i love that little gremlin they're great yeah that character has Big uh, werewolf child from Ghoul School. Oh, Win- Winnie the Werewolf. Yeah, Winnie the Werewolf. It's like you fused Winnie the Werewolf and the fucking uh, Wily Kit and Wily Cat. Yeah. And then we have our bomb- and a British person from the seventies. And a British, and then we have the our wild our the teeth because the teeth and our <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that, and I just kind of, I just. (laughs) 
Yeah, baby. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. No. I didn't know what the. I just agreed. I didn't know where you were going with it. <laughs> but I guess uh. I do now. Uh. But anyway. <laughs> tickled yourself with that one, huh? It was your reaction that tickled me, actually. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> anyway, we also got. To, we mentioned we got to see the, the abomination. A headmaster as well. Yeah, we got to see super advanced abomination magic. Yeah, I, that's why I was so looking forward to seeing the the uh, coven masters because I really want to see what each like the advanced version of all these magics looks like. Yeah. Also, I love that he hates the abomatron. Yeah. He called Alador a hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good i'm looking forward to seeing what the other coven leaders are like for sure yeah uh i'm i'm oh man i'm just excited about more more of this i really want to see what the illusion coven master can do Ooh! oh you know what's a good callback mm. in this episode what's that one of uh, Rain's compatriots is one of the the people in jail we saw in the very first. Episode. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was her, the girl uh, who wrote fan fiction. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That was real good. Yeah. Uh, I love the one member of Bat who was just like at the start. She was like, "God, you're not our mom," and by the end, she was like, "Bye, Mama Ida." Yeah. Very good. Speaking of uh, Mama yeah. Ida. Uh, she fully adopted King this episode. She fully adopted King Clawthorn. Yep, King Clawthorn. I cried. Yeah, I did too. And so did she. Yeah. Oh, Ida cries a lot this episode. She does. She's she's a, she's emotionally vulnerable in this episode, which I yeah. like a lot. Yeah, it's something we don't see from her a lot. We also saw young Ida. Yeah, like, again, yeah. Twenties Ida. Yeah, we got like yeah, we saw super younger Ida and we we've kind of seen her throughout her life. We've now. seen Hexside Ida. We've seen Hexside Ida. We've also basically. seen a young adult Ida when she met King. Yeah. Whether or not she knew Rain before or after she met King is unknown. Uh it it's implied that it was before King, because mm. King she has more gray in her hair and she has a different haircut. That's true. So it's like after Hexide, but before King. Yeah. Also, Rain didn't know about King. That's true. I love. She was like, "Ida, you have kids." Yeah. Like, I love. They love that the they were just like so like, and he was like, "Well, they're not mine. I mean, not. I mean." <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so it's very cute. Yeah, this was this was a real good episode. I want, and it it's a rare Ida episode because yes. we don't usually. Ida shows Ida's important to the show, so she shows up in everything, mm-hmm. but most of it is growing the characters around her, and so a rare Ida episode meaning she grew. I'm glad for once. I hope I hope that Rain gets to meet Luce and King because I want that'll be that, that'll be season finale. I'm pretty sure it'll be. I love. I want them to be parental units together very good i don't know if we'll see that i don't know if we'll see that either but 
Uh, because remember, she's captured. They not are not she. They they, they are, captured. They They're are, captured. They are captured. Yes. They're captured. Um, I made that mistake a second ago too. Yeah. Uh, Rain. They got captured at the end of the episode. Um. And Ida. I don't know what the next episode is, but Ida probably i mean Ida definitely wants to go rescue them um yeah but how exactly that's my point that that definitely feels like an end of the season thing oh yeah for sure um i mean, I mean you know let me see if we have uh what what's the next episode the next episodes are knock knocking on hootie's door okay eclipse lake and yesterday's lie Yesterday's lie. Interesting. The um, don't oh, you know what the one thing we forgot to mention from the Palisman episode? What is it? Luce has a piece of the tree. Yes, she got uh, she got a piece of palace uh, palestrum wood. Yep. So she is going to make her own Palisman at some point. Yeah, I saw someone uh, theorize that it would be a blue jay. Mm. As like a mirror to uh, Hunter's uh, Cardinal. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I still like Otter because that's like her shtick. Yeah, people were drawing uh, Amity with uh, with a cat palisman. I could see that. I'm like, yeah, cat. It, it feels fitting. It was a, a white cat specifically. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um... Was it in the episode, or was it in the uh, little table read sketch where we found out that Hootie was a kitten at one point? That was in the table read. That was in the table read? Okay. I don't know what the fuck that even means, but that feels like something that what is simultaneously just a joke, but also actually canon. It... I'm not counting the. I'm not counting it as canon. No, but I mean right that now. that piece of lore might be canon. Oh yeah, it could be, but I just mean the the crossover. Oh yeah, the table. crossover is not canon, but that piece of lore yeah, might. That be. was just for fun. Yeah, that piece of lore might be. I mean, I would like to see young Hootie. I just want to know what the fuck Hootie is. House demon. Hmm. We, we, I mean, I mean the next. Literally, Lilith called him a house demon. Hootie, Lilith doesn't really make up names often. Also, the next episode is probably is about Hootie, so we might get more answers about that. Yeah, uh, the only reason I'm really confident on house demon is Lilith seems like the kind of anal retentive that she knows what a thing is. And we'll never call it anything but its proper name. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, anyway. I think that's it. I, the, the meme of just calling things like gators a dog would drive her nuts. Oh. That, that, that's my belief. Like, oh, that's a good pupper. That's a that's yeah, an alligator. That's, that, yeah. That, that's a condor. That is, that, that's not even a mammal. Not even close. <laughs> no, yeah, that would bug the shit out of her. Yeah. Why do you keep calling? Uh, what is a boofer? <laughs> it's not even a word. 
that 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 just feels like a thing. She would uh, she would do that. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm pretty confident that he is a house demon. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I love Hootie though. I really 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 love Hootie. Like, unironically, something about Hootie just tickles me the right I way. I didn't like Hootie until he started hanging out with Lilith, and now I love Hootie. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Hootie is the perfect example of the person who doesn't really have any friends and is super annoying because they want friends and then they finally get a friend and they're no longer super annoying because they found what they needed. Yep. Um, But I still liked Hootie from the start. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a joke character. I love the joke mascot-y character. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's upkeep. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get into Hercules. See you then. And welcome back, everybody. Acme Podcast Incorporated. Hercules, 1997. Sorry, I got lost in thought for a second. Um, <laughs> I was trying to remember if we did an outro <laughs> for the last segment, and I couldn't remember. Oh, uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, it's only been like five, six minutes since we did that. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Hercules, 1997, Disney, um, or as I like to call it, uh, Disney's Superman, because it's not a great adaptation of the Hercules myths, but it is a great Superman story. Yep. Um, and I will, I, I've seen a lot of people, and I've partaken in this too myself, uh, fan casting, uh, the, the inevitable live, a- the seemingly inevitable live action adaptation of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, if Disney's smart, they'll just, kill two birds with one stone and treat it as both the live adaptation live action adaptation of this movie as well as the origin story for uh marvel's uh incredible hercules or magnificent hercules uh i mean because that guy is like they can't really that that character is more true to the mythological hercules he is Okay, so this is a random sidebar. I was just looking at the po- one of one of the posters of Hercules, and um, mm-hmm. he's certainly making a a face in this poster. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah. What is this face that he's making? It's like, oh, oh, you're you're looking at me while I'm doing this. Uh, hi. Uh, you caught me at a bad time. I'm lifting my name up above my head. I love this poster, except for that His face. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird, weird poster. Yeah, but anyway. Um, but yeah. Mm. Uh, I I think that would be the best way to introduce Hercules to the MCU. Yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> did you want to keep going off? Because I also have the production stuff. Yeah, no, I got it right here. I just wanted to make that joke. Um, okay, cool. Uh, directed by 
Ron Clements and John Musker. Uh, who, also, who also directed Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, writing credits go to uh, Ron Clements, John Musker, Don McHenry, uh, Bob Shaw, and Irene Mechie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as Con Callion, uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Whiteman, Randy Cartwright, John Ramirez, Jeff Snow. Uh, that's Jeff Snow. I slurred my words there a little bit. Uh, Vance Gary or Vance Jerry, Kirk Hansen, Tamara Lusher, uh, Francis Glebus Glebus. Uh, not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, uh, Mark Kennedy, Bruce Morris, uh, Don Dowtry or Dowdy, and Tom Enriquez, nope. uh, starring as young Hercules. Uh, you have Josh Keaton as young Hercules with Roger Bart as his singing voice, and then a grown Hercules is Tate Donovan, Danny DeVito as Phil, uh, the man I hate to hate. Uh, James Woods as Hades. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's despicable, and I hate him. But I wish he wasn't despicable. That that that's what I mean. Yeah. Well. Uh, Susan Egan as Meg, uh, Megara, who is also, oh. I believe, uh, the voice of uh, Rose Quartz and Pink Diamond. Yep, yep, Rose Quartz. She also she also played Belle in the theatrical production of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, she's also Lynn in Spirited Away. Yep, the her dub voice. Yeah, uh, Renee Rogers in Amphibia. Mm-hmm. Or Ren Rogers. She was a, a one-off character. She was a that fashion designer lady. Right, I remember that character now. Um, looking at what else. Uh, nothing really worth mentioning. Like a lot, lots of small parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Bobcat Goldthwaite, love that dude, as Pain. Yeah. Uh, Matt Frewer as Panic. Rip Torn as Zeus. Yeah. Samantha Egger as Hera. Uh, let's. Uh, Barbara Barry as Al Alchemine. That, that's his uh, mama, earthly mama, right? Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Hal Holbrook as Amph- Amphitryon. Amphitryon. Amphitryon, thank you. Paul Schaefer as Hermes. Uh, Amanda Plummer as Clotho. Uh, let, let's skip a lot of these. Charlton Heston as the narrator. Got uh, Jim Cummings as the centaur, and Frank Loker is Pegasus. Yeah. Jim Cummings also does a lot of side character, like uh, he he's both of the large, uh, larger uh, city folk, first yeah, at the all- start of the film, and then also mm-hmm. uh, the tall guy in Thebes, and also the old man in Thebes. Yeah, we also got a couple of like such minor roles that the might as well be cameos. Uh, the the pottery guy from the beginning of the movie is was Wayne Knight. Yeah. Keith and David's then, Apollo. That was, yeah, that was the other one I was going to mention. Yeah. Uh, but, um, that's it for the voice cast, I believe, in terms of relevant people. 
Uh, let me. Bob Bergen is a name I recognize, but that's additional voice. The same with Bill Farmer. Yeah, Bill Farmer. Um. Uh, yeah. For, for those who um, don't know, we mentioned that John Musk and Ron Clemens directed this and Aladdin. They have a real good track record. They worked on Great Mouse Detective, Aladdin, this movie, The Little Mermaid, Treasure Planet. Princess and the Frog and Moana, all both as writers and uh, directors, I believe. At least as writers on all of those projects. Wow. wow. Yeah, they're prolific. Yeah. Uh, in fact, some of the reasons that they actually... Hercules was sort of their um, penance, quote-unquote, so that they could make Treasure Planet. Ah. Uh... Yeah, Treasure Planet was the movie they wanted to make, but Disney was like, nah, 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 you gotta make Hercules first. They're both so good. They are. I prefer Treasure Planet, but... I, I like... I think I talked about this the last time we talked about the, the animated series. I like Hercules as, you know, I'm adopted. It, it's, uh, it's the same reason yeah. I kind of gravitated towards the Superman story when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah. the um the other thing that is worth mentioning in terms of production is um for the main uh art uh director of the film and production designer, they approached Mr. Gerald Scarf, Gerald mm -hmm. Scarf, who uh, did one of a very famous Beatles cover. Because okay. uh, both Mr. Clements and Musker found a strong correlation between his art style and the style of paintings on ancient Greek vases. I could see that, yeah. The, the, I definitely always thought that was the vibe they were going for. Yeah. Also, the music was done by the one, the only, Alan Menken. Yeah. Alan Menken, and of course, and also worked with uh, Mr. Dave Zappel, helped him make the music for this film. Alan Menken also, one of the... You, You'll be hearing Alan Menken's name a lot on this show when we start, the more we do Disney. He's yeah. kind uh, of everywhere in terms of the music production stuff. Oh, uh, the live-action Hercules actually already got announced. Of course it did. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, does this have any actual casting? No, it doesn't have any actual casting. I also have a bunch of trivia. Would you want to cover that now, or do you want to talk about the film first? Let's let's, uh, let's do trivia. I like starting with trivia. Uh, so, um, Andreas Dea, who's one of the main animators on the film, mm -hmm. uh, was famous for animating villains like Gaston, Jafar, and Scar, but he okay. specifically requested that he be the main animator for Hercules because he wanted to animate a hero. Nice. Uh, also, uh, another really interesting fact is the Spice Girls were originally approached to portray the Muses. Following that would have been very different. Yeah, following an invitation to sing one of the songs, but they declined the offer to just schedule in Cuxley. Mm. Uh, the an uh, this is a really cool one. I didn't know about this. The Hydra scene. Mm -hmm. uh, the animators spent uh, six to fourteen hours to render a single frame of the Hydra, depending Oy. on. how how many head depending on how many heads it had early yeah. into early into production the filmmakers decided the hydra would ultimately have 30 heads by which the animators created one master head and the computer could multiply the heads to their desired scale overall 
13 animators and technical directors spent nearly a year and a half creating the four-minute battle sequence of the Hydra. Oh, I know. I'm. You know what? Props to him. That's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, it it's wonderfully done. It's impressive from a technical standpoint. The the, the CGI on the Hydra still looked great. Yeah, for sure. But um, let's see another one. Jack Nicholson, Willem Dafoe, and David Bowie were all considered to voice Hades. I would love to hear Willem Dafoe. Yeah, John Lithgow was actually originally cast and even recorded all of the dialogue, but was ultimately replaced with James Wood. Why? Over John Lithgow? Woods over Lithgow? Like, I, I mean, if he recorded all the dialogue already, why? Was there like a... Beats me. There's no information, unfortunately. Contract beef? Man, that... Contract beef? Or did they just thought that Woods gave a better performance? I mean, Woods... We'll get into it. What you want about the man? He gives. He always gives an excellent, excellent performance. Yeah. Um. During the production. Piece of shit. But yeah. He is. Get. Let's get that out of the way. Fuck James Woods. He sucks. But we're gonna. We're gonna ignore that for now and just talk about the performance when we actually talk about the movie. But anyway. Yeah. Um. During the production, Meg was actually originally given a ballad called "I Can't Believe My Heart." But Ken oh. Duncan, the supervising animator for Meg, pointed out that the song was really out of character for her. Yeah. So Alan Menken and David Tappel would later compose I Won't Say I'm In Love instead. Which is probably my favorite sequence in the movie, honestly. It's, it's easily the best song in the movie, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito declined to audition for Phil. So, okay, this is going to be a lot of names. So Edward Asner, Ernest Borgens, Bob Hoskins, Joe, Joe Pesci, Martin Scorsese, John Reese davies Ray Winstone, Robert Nero, Peter O'Toole, Jerry Stiller, John Cusack, Mel Brooks, Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Jason Alexander, Al Pacino, and Dick Latessa were all brought in to read for the part. Of those listed, the only ones I can really picture giving a similar performance. Bob Hoskins. They, Bob Hoskins could. Um, that wasn't the one I was thinking, but definitely Bob Hoskins. I was thinking Mel Brooks or Al Pacino. I would have loved Bob Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins would have been great. But um, um after uh the auditions, uh they left stating, I know what you're gonna do. You know, after Red But after Red But after Red Buttons auditioned. He left hmm. standing, I know what you're going to do. You're going to give this part to Danny DeVito. <laughs> Shortly after, the director and producer, Alice Dooley Goldstone, approached DeVito at a pasta lunch during the filming of Matilda, <laughs> where DeVito signed on to eventually be on the list. <laughs> this is what's fun about talking about Disney movies, because there's so much information about them. Yeah. Uh, the last thing, it's a little fun. This is sort of an in-universe kind of trivia. Yeah. In mythology, Heracles, the Greek name of Heracles, is the son of Zeus. Zeus is the brother of Poseidon. Poseidon has a son named Triton. And the Little Mermaid, one of Triton's children, Ariel, making the two Disney heroes first cousins once removed. Yeah, that that everyone's heard that. Come on. This also but applies yeah. to Ariel and Mal from Descendants, as Mal is the daughter of Hades. <laughs> Zeus's niece and Hercules' cousin. Uh, 
Descendants is good. It is? Yes. It's fun. Oh. It's like, you gotta go, like, it's exactly what you're expecting, but it's a fun time. Okay. I'm expecting, like, a neutered true blood, basically. Which, it's high school musical, but with the flair of, of Disney villains. Okay. So if you like, if you like that idea, you'll like Descendants. I've still never seen High School Musical, so well, I really don't know. I I like Descendants. Okay. You just gotta. I mean, okay. Here's the thing. It mm-hmm. looks. I just don't know anything about it. That's the thing. I know the premise. Yeah. And nothing about it ever. If it had been animated from day one, I would have been all over it. Uh, but because it was Disney live action, I was like, I don't care. It's fun. Is all I would okay. say. It's a fun time. It's got some good music in it. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, that's all the trivia I got. But let's talk about the actual movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. This is closer to a perfect Superman movie than anything after the first, maybe two Richard Donner movies. Oh yeah. The live action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Superman and Superman, um, returns. No, I uh, just, just Superman, Superman two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Superman returns is, um, Oh, right. The later one. Yeah. I remember. Now. Yeah. With, with the guy who now plays, uh, Adam, right. Captain Adam in the CW shows. Yeah. Um, I think starting off this, I think this film's strongest qualities are definitely its comedy and its art design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it Art design, the choices on the music and how it uses the muses as sort of the traditional Greek chorus yeah, uh, also- from Greek theater. The idea of gospel and talking about Greek mythology because it talks a lot about gods is chef kiss. Yeah, it, it's a really great thematic thing. I'd always been curious about uh, what gospel performers had to say about, like traditional gospel performers had to say about that because it's secondly heathen shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. And gospel is, it's church music at the end of the day. That's um, true. Uh, that said, I've always loved the sound of gospel, but I hate listening to songs about Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly listening to this soundtrack. Oh yeah, like um, I'm also constantly watching. This is the movie I put on when I need to put laundry away. Hmm. I watch this thing multiple times a year because it's just. I put laundry away once while I was watching it, and now it's just I'll put Hercules on again. It, it I associate it with hanging up laundry. Hmm. Uh, the the story on its own is just okay. Like yeah, but the song uh, and the art direction and the performances really elevate this film. Yeah, like just in the, general. The, this is a movie that you really have to be in a very specific scenario for it to really mean a lot to you. Yes. Because, like you said, it, it, the 
story's okay, you know. But as an adopted kid, you know, this story meant a shit ton to me as growing up. Um, when I think Goofy Movie's my favorite Disney film, but it's never the first one I have to think of because I have to remind myself, wait, that's a Disney movie. Because mm-hmm. this feels more along the lines of, you know, the other Renaissance films. It feels more along the lines of uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion Aladdin, King. Lion King, Aladdin, all of those. And this this feels more Disney to me than Goofy movie, even though Goofy is one of the mm-hmm. mascot characters of Disney. Um, so whenever someone asks me what's my favorite Disney movie, this is the movie that pops into my head first. And then I'm like, wait, no, Goofy movie is a Disney movie. I love yeah. that way more. Goofy movie. Yeah. So this is my second Goofy. favorite Disney movie. I'm looking forward to talking about Goofy movie. Same. Likewise. Yeah. But um, going off of what, like all the other thing, we, I think we've talked about this before. I think we talked about this when we talked about Cats Don't Dance. But I am of the very strong opinion that um, your musical numbers should serve a purpose. Yeah. Like they don't. Always have to, but I think your musical is stronger if they serve a purpose. And every single one of the songs in here does serve a purpose. Yeah. Uh, one, one, the first one's a call to action. Well, okay. First one is set up. Yeah. Uh, the, all the gospel songs, all the muse songs serve the purpose of narration. Yes. Narration so slash that, world that's building. Yeah. It, it's calling on the classic use of the, the Greek chorus from Greek theater. And then that we have... it's thematically appropriate. Then you get um, I can go the distance. Which I can the... go the distance. Call to action. That that's it's, what that is. It's also the uh, I want song. Yes. Which is in a lot of Disney films. You get the training montage musical. Uh, so you want to be a hero, kid? Whoop de do. Yeah. Um, which, I think, again, training montage. I then, forget what that one's actually called. What is that one called specifically? Uh, hold on. Music. I just had it pulled up because I'm going to bug the shit out of me. I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Um, One Last Hope. One Last Hope, yeah. All right. Yeah, One Last Hope. And then after that, we have uh, Zero to Hero, which is our yep. other montage song. Our, uh, yeah, it's another, yeah, what you said. Then you have, uh, Won't Say I'm in Love. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's exposition song. It's exposition. It tells you how a character is feeling. Yeah. It serves a purpose. And that's all the songs in the movie. There's well, no I mean, there's like some. Star more... is Born. Star is Born. Yeah, which is, yeah, Star is Born. That, that's, uh, wrapping it all up. Yeah, which is. Yeah, it's at the very end, it's sort of like a kind of reprise of like all the gospel stuff and Zero yeah. to Hero and just kind of a culmination of all of that. And yeah. every single one of them serve their purpose. Yeah. I will say that while there isn't a bad song in this movie, I only think a couple of them kind of like stand out as some of like the great ones among all Disney songs. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I disagree, but I I I understand from your point of view, yeah. Like I won't say I'm in love, and Zero to Hero are like I think the two best songs in this movie. That's yeah, my opinion. no, I mean they they are. Um, 
I personally like, uh, I get a little teary eyed every time I listen to, uh, I can go the distance. Mm. Um, that, that one just gets me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't hate, I can go the distance. I just think there are better. I want songs. Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, this is just me being like emotionally connect to too emotionally connected to this movie. Hey, what 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 was what was last episode? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I mean this this is different, sort of emotionally connected. Mm. Like that that's something you're nostalgic for. This is something that really spoke to me. It means something to you. Yeah, it, it yeah, because it's you don't see you don't see adoption a lot in movies like this in in Disney movies. You see you know step parents. But they're mm-hmm. usually not portrayed great. This is uh, it meant something like really deep to me. Yeah, as a kid. So, and I really projected a little bit on uh, Hercules. That's fine. Uh, um, you're valid. Yeah. How was this? So, no. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't got anything else. No, Sorry. no, no. I was just going off of that. I feel like. We really could have got more conflict with Hercules' sense of belonging. Like, yeah, he, he has the one song, and then after that, it's like, well, he eh. finds out, he finds out the issue. Like, yeah, and he, then and it's over, and it's like his conflict is over, and it's like that. You could have done more with that. Like, give me. I mean, the only okay, the mm-hmm. only thing I would have done to change this, to, to change this movie in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Is right before he punches uh, Hades into the Well of Souls. Yeah. I just give the that super the the world of cardboard speech. Oh, or something similar. No, word for word, the the world of cardboard speech from Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> what I would do is give me five, ten more minutes of the stuff about Hercules being conflicted about his sense of belonging, like elevate his character, or even having more time to focus on why he can't get to Olympus despite his heroism. Like, it feels like that should have been more focused on, because it's like, as just as we're getting that internal conflict, Meg shows up, and it's like, oh, no time up, no time for that, I guess. Well, I mean, we did get a little bit more of that. Um, at the end, yeah. No, not at the end, but of him right, right before that, where he's, like, reporting to Zeus. About what he's been doing and like no no but i mean that's what i mean is we get that conflict starts he has internal conflict about it for like five minutes and then that internal conflict like poof no more mention of it after that mm, and that yeah. kind of sucks like i would have loved if like it, it gets a little railroady at that part you're right exactly like hercules and meg could have had a really great scene where like they sat down together and she asked about the little medallion on his belt and he got to explaining about why he wants to be a hero and a sense of not belonging and try to go to Olympus. And that also would have been a really good scene to help develop their relationship. That Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like... <sighs> Speculation time a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um... At this point in time, generally, particularly with animated films, 
they were real hard on you know sticking to an hour and a half mm, runtime. It's true. Uh, and you're starting to see you know the shift to two hours being standard now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, hour and a half was sort of the what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like to get that, they probably would have had to cut Can't uh, I Won't Say I'm in Love. And I would have killed somebody if they had cut I Don't Say I'm in Love. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you either get better character growth or you get possibly one of the greatest songs of that decade. Yeah. The, I won't one of the greatest in... Disney songs of that decade. Yeah. I Won't Say I'm in Love is is up there with some of the best that Disney has done. Yeah. Um. And kind of just about continuing on that, like, you know what I would have liked? You know how they went on their date and they just talked about it? Could I get a montage of the date? Yeah, that would have been nice. Something? But anything? Again, hour and a half, man. I, I know, but like, uh. Now, if it feels like I've been very critical about this film, I I am, but I like, I do want I like this movie. I hate. Yeah, no, I I don't think at any point you've been unreasonable to this film. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I just people. I don't want to come off as that person. The 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 popular consensus about this film is that it's not great, and people are really hard on it, and that's not fair. I like. I think this movie has a lot to offer as a Disney film. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, again, like I've seen people complain about it as an adaptation of the Hercules myth. And, like, there's no way you take that and you make it kid-friendly. There was no way. You couldn't have done it. Yeah. And to which they would probably say, then don't do it. But I say, fuck that. This is great. Yeah. Th- this is the best Superman movie we've gotten since, like, 83. Yeah. Like, the the thing that I like most about this movie, other than, like, I mentioned the art design and the comedy. Like, like I fuck. We, we said this. I hate James Woods. He's a shitty yeah. person, but God, does he kill it in this movie? Yeah, he really fucking does. But now that you've told me that we could have had Willem Dafoe, yeah, I would, I would give anything to live in that alternate reality. Yeah, he had a way more. Uh, there's actually some clips you can see of uh, his recordings of the lines. He's way uh, more reserved and serious compared to the Woods, obviously. That's kind of Dafoe, though. Like. Yeah. Going off of the Hades thing, like the supporting cast in general in this movie, great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like Phil. Uh, well, well, who are you counting as supporting cast? Phil, Meg, Pain and Panic. Okay, know, yeah. Like, all, like they, the everyone who's not Hercules kind of like carries this film. Absolutely. Like it really is Hercules. Like, like listen, I don't. I don't dislike Hercules. He's very he's, likable. He's bland. I get it. Yeah, he, he's 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 bland by design. Yeah, he's a slice of white bread. Yeah. No, no, no. I I completely get that. Um, because I remember watching this and thinking, oh, this is very cynically. They wanted a little bit of Clark Kent. They wanted a little bit of Luke Skywalker. They wanted a little bit of you know these other protagonists. Yeah. Sure. And he doesn't really have his own flavor. Uh, his flavor is he's adopted <laughs> that, that that is his flavor he's, well, he's super strong 
he's Cal he's L. He's Clark Kent. I, I keep hammering that in, and I'm sure people listening, and probably you too, are tired of he- hearing me say that, but it. Yeah. It, I mean, it fits, man. Really? I mean, I thought his flavor was Herculade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got me, bud. But, no, the. Seriously, though, the. It really is like Woods. Woods and DeVito are the the real two big standout performances of this film. Like not to give yeah. not to give shit to, to Meg though. She's great. Yeah. Uh I, I was gonna argue that, but then I was like, no, you're right. I think uh I think I I over credit the Meg performance because it activated the oh sarcasm is very attractive rot in my head. I mean, she's great. She has really well written dialogue, but unfortunately, she kind of doesn't do a lot. Yeah, she really doesn't. You're right. Um, Which sucks. It it just it it activated brain rot for me. And that, that that's all. Yeah. Uh, also, before anyone points it out, yes, I'm aware of the very obvious plot holes in this film. And people have pointed them out. Yeah. Like, why does Hades not know that Hercules is dead? Isn't that his job? Blah 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 blah. Who cares? Yeah. He he doesn't pay attention to every soul that passes by. Yeah, but you would think he'd want to check. But at the same time, who cares? Like, who actually? Yeah. Cares? He he's um. He's got his head in the clouds, so to speak. Well, he wants his head in the clouds more like it. <laughs> yeah, I opened you up for that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. Ah! <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But, uh... I, I'd say, you know... A good counter to that argument, if you're going to be that much of a stickler, is do you know what the infant mortality rate in ancient Greek was? <laughs> I never thought with about the, that. With the Spartans just leaving the little ba- the weak babies out for the wolves? Oh my god. That's a real good... That's funny. That... And if you've seen one baby, you've seen them all. It reminds me of, like, one of my favorite jokes in this movie, which is where they're talking about the floods and the fires and shit in Thebes, and the old man is like, that's it? I'm moving to Sparta. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a couple of jokes like that that are like, ah. Yeah, the big olive. The big olive, or when Pain and Panic are under the rock, and someone was like, someone call IXII. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Uh, I love I love those jokes. Yeah, just the real deep. Or when Meg says, "I could see through him in a Peloponnesian minute." <laughs> those jokes are it, for us. Good. Yeah, the the writing's real good. Yeah, it, it has real good writing. The writing's real strong. It has really strong dialogue, and it. If this movie didn't have its strong dialogue, art direction, and music, it would just be, it, like, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It would have been straight to VHS Disney quality. But all those kind of turn it from, like, a 5 to, like, a 7. I think 
the only thing that really could have really helped it is if Clements and Musker had actually had passion about this project. Yeah, this wasn't the thing they wanted to work on. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they did a pretty damn good job for something they didn't want to work on. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the rating on this? Uh, it's got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. That's yeah. pretty good. Also, it um, it cost eighty-five million to make and made two hundred and fifty million at the box office. Like it was a success. Yeah, for sure. And you know. It... Oh wait, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong goddamn one. Um, oh. oh, you were looking at a the other film. Aladdin. Yeah. I forgot that I'd already closed this tab. It's got a seven point three out of ten. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. Like, give it a seven. I would have given it the eight, but that's again, I'm extremely biased. So that's fair. You're allowed to be biased on this show. Yeah. But <sighs> I think, yeah, that was all the points I really wanted to make about this movie. Okay. Um. trying to think if i had anything else i wanted to say uh did you love bobcat goldwade i said that uh i really do love bobcat goldwade his voice that that weird voice i've heard him talk normally but that voice mm-hmm. is just so great come in your most lugubriousness oh the funniest you don't know what i'm dealing with the funniest Ugh. scene in this whole movie is when Hades sees him wearing the sandals. What are those? I am trying. I've got less than 24 hours to get rid of this bozo before the plan I've been working on for 18 years. And you're and wearing his merchandise! And you're wearing his merchandise! <laughs> Thirsty? Boom! It's the funniest yeah. thing in the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I had something I wanted to say specifically about the uh, why the uh, 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 won't Sam and love sequence is one of my favorites in all of Disney. Mm. Uh, and it every once in a while, there's like a in an animated feature, there's. Just one instance of really good use of coloring mm-hmm. and like lighting and coloring that just sticks in my brain. And there's that shot where the muses are like the background is just the moon and their rim they have all the like the rim lighting, the the backlighting and the rim lighting from the moonlight, and it just looks so real. Like that actually looks like the Somehow, it, it's clearly animated, but it just looks like how you picture something illuminated by the moon would look. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. The 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 color uh, usage in that specific thing, the, the purples and the blues, is very, very pretty in that sand. Yeah. Uh, a similar moment in another film is uh, during uh, On the Open Road during Goofy Movie, oh, right. the way the clouds are drawn. 
Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm feeling you on that. Yeah, because those those look more real than a lot of clouds I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I catch myself sometimes like I'm I'm sitting at a red light and I'm looking at the sky, the clouds. I'm like, those look just like the clouds in a goofy movie. Them some real ass clouds, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, animators in general, but most often Disney animators in the Renaissance era just perfectly captured how you expect something to look in real life. Yeah. And they put it to sell. And it's those two are the two ones I think of the most. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's all I had to, that that's my only other thought. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to talk about Aladdin. We will see you then. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody. Once again, Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Uh, Aladdin, 1992. Uh, Disney Studios. Uh, yeah. So once again, uh, directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. Uh, writing credits to Ron Clements, John Musker, Ted Elliott, and Terry Terry Rossio for the screenplay. And then the story gets credited to Brittany Madison, Roger Allers, Dan J- Gips? Jipes? 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, J-I-P-P-E-S. So, uh, Kevin Harkey, Sue C. Nichols. Francis Glebus, uh, Daryl Rooney, Larry Lecker, James Fuji, Kirk Hansen, Kevin Lima, Rebecca Reese, uh, David S. Smith, Chris Sanders, uh, Brian Pimentel, Patrick and Patrick A. Ventura. Uh, the uh, voice cast is Scott uh, Wagner or Wagner Wagner as Aladdin. Robin Williams as Genie and the Peddler. Uh, Linda Larkin as Princess Jasmine. Jonathan Freeman as Jafar. Uh, Frank Welker as Abu. Cave of Wonders and Raja, which makes sense. He's the animal man. Yep. Animal man. Uh, Gilbert God. God, if they don't ever... if They need to do an animal man cartoon again. Uh, oh. Yeah, and, and have uh, and have uh, Frank Welker voice him because that that just makes sense. He is yeah. the, he's who you get to do animals, yeah. uh, to voice animals, I should say. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert Godfrey is Iago, which chef's kiss. Uh, Douglas Seal as the Sultan, Charlie Adler as Gazim, the melon merchant and the nut merchant. Uh, Corey Burton as Prince Ahmed and the necklace merchant. Uh, Jim Cummings as Razul and Farouk. Yeah, the guards. Yep. Uh, I'm, lo- uh, I'm only. Ma- oh, 
sorry but supposed to finish with the voice cast i didn't know you were uh yeah i'm only going for i'm not going to bother with like additional voices or like portly agrabah woman uh yeah yeah vera lockwood for the reference um uh bruce adler is the singing voice of the peddler uh, Brad Kane is the singing voice for Aladdin. Leia Salonga is the singing voice for Jasmine. And Hal Smith is the voice for Jafar's horse. Mm. And they are all uncredited in the film, but they are the people who did it. Um, uh, music by Alan Menken, once more. Yep. Once more, Mr. Alan Menken. Uh... Art direction is Ralph Eggleston, Michael Peraza Jr., Bill and Bill Perkins. Um, I think that's everyone. I feel like I mean, there's a lot more credits, but I don't feel the need to write out read out the rest. Uh, so yeah, let's get into what you've got. Oh yes, I have a bunch of trivia about Aladdin. So. Lots of stuff about Robin Williams, obviously, in this film. Yes. Uh, during the course of recording the voices, Robin Williams improvised so much, they had almost 16 hours of material. Yeah. Did you know he didn't want to do this film? Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. Okay. Um, because Robin Williams ad-libbed so many of his lines, the script was actually rejected for Best Adapted Screenplay for the Epic Academy Awards. <laughs> opening scene with the street merchant was completely unscripted. Robin Williams was literally just brought into a soundstage and was asked to stand behind a table and had several objects on it and a bed sheet covering them all. The animators asked him to lift the sheet and then without looking, take an object from the table and describe it in character. I love it. Much of the material that they recorded, however, was not appropriate for a Disney film. Yeah, that that's pretty typical with uh, Robin Williams. But yeah, uh, now, this is the part you were talking Rob Williams provided the voice for a genie at union scale rate, the lowest legal play rate a studio can give an actor. Wow. On, the prov- on the proviso that his voice was not used for merchandising, i.e. toys, and that the genie character not take up more than 25% of the space on the poster, ad, billboard, or trailer, when these wishes were not granted, ironic, he withdrew his support for Disney and the film. Yeah. As a result, his name was not included in the Art of Aladdin book. It constantly references the voice of the genie. The and... uh, I also heard that told as he also did not want to have to do any promotion for it because yeah. he had another film that he was much more passionate about coming out around the same time. Yep. And he didn't want to have to compete with it. Yeah, and because of all that, he was not available for the directed video sequel, The Return of Jafar. They got Hank Azaria, right? Or was it no, Dan Castellaneta? Cast- Dan Castellaneta. Yep. I knew it was one of the Simpsons guys. In an attempt to get back on good terms with Williams, Walt Disney CEO Mike Eisner apologized to him with a peace offering of an original Pablo Picasso. Oh, wow. Still angered and feeling betrayed by Disney, Williams would not accept the gift. It was not until Disney chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg was fired and replaced by Joe Roth that Williams returned to Disney. Wow. Through Roth, a public apology was given, promises to right wrongs were kept, and Williams was so touched that he returned to reprise his role as the genie for the second direct-to-video of its sequel, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which was a capstone to the sequel. Yeah. 
Uh, also pretty good from what I remember. Yeah, and also Castellaneta actually recorded a bunch of stuff for King of Thieves, but because Williams came back, they threw it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, this is more this is more an in-universe thing. Uh, whenever Aladdin lies in the movie, the big purple feather on his turban falls over. Huh. Yeah, I didn't notice that until they pointed it out. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it does do that. Originally, Jafar was going to be voiced by Patrick Stewart. Wow. There were unfortunately scheduling conflicts to the fact that he was filming The Next Generation. That makes sense. And he says that in interviews that him not being in that role is his biggest regret. Wow. Originally, Jafar was more hot-tempered, while Iago was the cool, haughty British type. The filmmakers felt that having Jafar losing his temper too much made him less menacing to the personalities of the Merchwick. That, yeah, that that was a good choice. Yeah. Uh, the In the scene where they're trying to run away at the end and Jafar almost gets arrested, when Iago pulls out the picture of him and Jafar in the cage and the line, and uh, how about this picture? I don't know. I think I'm making a weird face and it was completely ad-libbed. <laughs> and Robin Williams could not stop laughing when he first heard it. <laughs> Uh, production designer Richard Van uh, Vanderwender uh, devised a simple color scheme for the film, which is inspired by the desert. Blue water stands for good, and red heat for evil, and yellow sand is neutral. For example, Jafar is clad in black and red, while Jasmine wears blue. Another example is in the Cave of Wonders, where the lamp chamber is blue, and the ruby that tempts Abu is bright red. Hmm. Uh, Very interesting. Howard Ashman and Alan Menken originally conceived the opening song Arabian Nights to be a recurrence throughout the film, like as a leitmotif. Yeah. Acting is like narration. Uh, the idea was dropped when the visuals and the storytelling proved strong enough in their own right. Okay. On, and... It did go on to be the theme song for the show, though. Right? Oh, yeah, I lo- yeah. Yeah, it did. It's great. Um, now, this is a real cool one. This There was a... When, during the production... There was a day that would became known as to the animators as the Black Friday at Disney. Oh. At the time, he, uh, Disney head Jeffrey Katzenberg told the team to scrap virtually everything they had been working on for months and start all over again. And he also, ref- and he refused to move the film's release date. So John Musker and Ron Clemens had to completely rewrote the script and turn around the film's new plot and screenplay in just eight days. Like, why did he do that? Like, not that it could justify it, but I'm curious. I honestly could not tell you. Like, maybe he might not have tested well at screenings or, like, he just might not have liked where it was going or something or other. I don't know, man. Um, The last bit of information is this was the second Disney animated feature to use fully rendered and textured 3D CGI moving backgrounds in combination with traditionally animated characters, a technique that was expanded upon in the Disney short Office Rocker in 1992 and previously in Beauty and the Beast. This led to the creators the creation of Deep Canvas, a brand new technique created by Disney seven years later for use in Tarzan, which allows 2D hand-drawn characters to exist seamlessly in a full 3D, full 3D environment. Nice. And that's all my trivia. 
All right. Um, hmm. So this is one of the things on Disney Plus that gets the uh, this has depictions of cultures that are not really politically correct. Warning. Yeah, Jafar's character design is a very racist caricature, unfortunately. You do. I, I think that could be spread to a lot of the incidental characters, too. It could be, for sure. Um, but Jafar, is, since he's the most prominent, it's the most obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I get you know that who I would have liked to have heard play Jafar also? Um, mm. I like who they got to play him, and Patrick Stewart would have been very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, I've always been a fan of Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. I would have loved Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Uh, I also would have loved if he was played by, like, uh, a Native actor, like, one who was of color. Yeah, that that would have been great. Um, if we couldn't get that, uh, and then we had to have someone who wasn't POC, uh, freaking, um, I just had his name. Uh, Sauron. Dooku. Oh, can... uh, Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. I would have loved Jafar as Christopher Lee. Christopher, I mean, Christopher Lee always gives a good performance. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, at least. Oh, yeah, he hasn't been anything... I mean, he's been in some shitty movies, but he never is the thing that's shitty in it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Um... So, yeah, this is my first time seeing it start to finish. Oh yeah, right. You mentioned that. Um, I I'd, I'd seen like bits and pieces of it, like on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read the uh, I had the I didn't own it, but I think like my preschool had it. The little like picture book mm-hmm. that uh they put out. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I for some reason it never bothered me that I hadn't seen this this movie because i'd seen enough of the tv show and i saw and i i mean one of the first vhs tapes i ever owned was return of jafar um mm-hmm. it, it was either that or pinocchio was was my first vhs tape that my parents ever bought me um yeah um but yeah i like not, i like this i like this a whole damn lot yeah this is a great movie uh not to like not to make comparison points, but since we're talking about them, like I like this. I think this movie objectively is a better film than Hercules. Oh yeah, is. yeah. Like, I'll let like, just like, let's take Aladdin for example. Aladdin, I think, is a better character. He has like more internal conflict and depth than he's Hercules got, does. Yeah, he's not so much one note as Hercules. Please excuse our technical difficulties. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Aladdin, Aladdin. Aladdin's a lot better fleshed out than yes. Herc. Um, and I, I think that a lot of that just comes down to, again, passion on the part of the people in charge. Yeah, for sure. Like, like this is an example. Like, I think a lot. Do you know what I really like about this movie? We avoid the the liar reveal. We avoid it. I was, I would have hated if we did the liar reveal thing in this movie. Yeah. It, but beca- I like it because Aladdin, when Genie points out that he should tell the truth near the near the end, 
Aladdin immediately realizes that he he needs to change that, and the only reason he doesn't is be due to like the circumstances that happened. Like he tried, yeah. he tried to tell the truth, he tried to make things right, but then Jafar comes and fucks things up. Yep. Which I like. I think that's good for his character. It tells you a lot about him. But um. We talked about Robin Williams a lot in the trivia, but like, what what could I really say that hasn't kind of already been said about um, Robin Williams? I, I, I think that it has a slight problematic skew to it. Oh yeah, he does do like some of his impressions are a little. Yeah, uh, particularly in while in the Cave of Wonders, uh, the way he says "master" is. Yeah, it's a little... Close to a character of a certain type of stereotype. Yeah, but uh... beyond that... Oh, he, he really just does steal the show. Oh, really. absolutely. I mean, that's what Robin Williams does. He just does. Like, no matter what... Even if it's his show, he steals it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he steals it from himself. Yeah. He's like Mork and Mindy? It. Yeah. Mark, God, Mark and Mindy. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that's a spinoff of uh, Happy Days. What? Yeah. Uh, the first time Mark showed up was on Happy Days. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, there was an episode where Fonzie had to deal with Mork for an episode. Uh, oh. And then he was so popular that they were like, okay, we're giving him his own show. It's like how Frasier happened. Yeah. Actually, it might have been a backdoor. That that might have been a backdoor pilot. They might have been like, "This is a good idea. Let's test it here, and then we'll yeah. see." Uh, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, there's Happy Days has a lot of spinoffs. Hmm. Because uh, Laverne and Shirley is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joni and Chachi, or Joni Los Chachi, was another one. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine. I mean, like, you're saying... I didn't know yeah. that. super interesting. But, like, yeah, Robin, yeah. he just... Everything that he says in this movie is great and hilarious. Like, I love his... You know the scene at the end when he hugs Aladdin and says goodbye? It tears you up a little. It makes... It, it used to tear me up, but now that Robin Williams is dead, it makes me cry. Yeah. It's so upsetting. In a good way. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but he really is, like, one of the best parts of this film. Him and... I don't like Gilbert Godfrey as a person, but he does a great job in this movie. Gilbert Godfrey... I don't know much about him as a person. He, um, he's had some not-so-great opinions. Okay. But, I understand he is an excellent interviewer, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he he get he he has a podcast where he uh, talks to a lot of other comedians and actors and stuff, and he's able to get a lot of interesting information and interactions out of those people. But yeah, it is it is fun that like in the TV show, except for Genie, everybody reprised their roles. Yeah, which I think is great. Yeah, like the it, TV show is. No, we we talked about it. I'm not gonna get into it again. God, I love the TV show. TV show is real good. 
Uh, that that was a large part of my childhood right there. A large part of my early childhood, I should say. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have... I don't remember exactly what years. Uh, but I remember, like, I would watch an episode of that and an episode of Little Mermaid while I ate my breakfast before going to school. Yeah. For quite a while. Um, I think this movie is a top contender for best sound Disney soundtrack. Uh... Like, when the worst song in the movie is Arabian Nights, I think you're doing pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah. Um, uh, one jump ahead I, of the I, I will... Go on. I was just going to say, I would put a stipulation, best musical soundtrack from Disney. I mean, yeah. Um, Because Phil Collins did not have to go as hard as he did. Yeah, but we'll talk more about Phil Collins when we talk about Tarzan. Yeah. But in terms of, yeah, musical numbers, again, when your worst song is Arabian Nights. Yeah. Like, that's the worst song in this movie, and that song slaps. I'd argue its top contenders are Little Mermaid. And Beauty and the Beast. I was going to say Goofy Movie. Hmm. That that might be uh, bias. bias, personal bias, yeah. I mean, I was going to say Mulan, but then I thought about it. And Mulan has two two really, really good songs, and its other songs are just okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got... Um, obviously, I'll make a man out of you. And then I think it's a ba- entirely... Yeah, I was going to say Reflection, too. But that... And that's... My, you know what? You know what we should do? What? We should do an episode where we talk about Goofy Movie and Mulan because those are our two favorite Disney films. Those are your... Mulan's your favorite. Mulan is my favorite Disney movie. Okay. I like Mulan a lot. I do too. It was one of the movies I used to have on my iPod. We're not making any promises, but that might be an episode. That's... I feel like there's other things I'd rather pair Goofy Movie with, but as the theme of our favorite Disney movie, that that's a pretty good pairing, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. Like uh, like I said, you got, uh, One Jump, I think it's one, I forget the actual name, the first song, rather than Arabian Nights, which is Aladdin's song. Yeah. It's, um, and then you have freaking Friend Like Me. Which, who boy. Prince Ali. Prince Ali. And whole I can new show world. You the world. Whole new world. Whole new world. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's... Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't know which one... Every day I ask myself which one is my favorite, and every day it's a different answer. I, I don't have that issue. I, I, I always just immediately gravitate towards whole new world. Really? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, obviously, Friend Like Me is titanic. Oh, yeah. It's in in big... scale. It, it's, mm-hmm. and, and similar Prince Ali, uh, mm. because they're, they're just huge Robin Williams going nuts. Yeah. Um, 
I just have this. Uh, the reason why I always argue Whole New World is because I have this funny memory. This isn't exactly what my friend said, but uh, his the the point he was trying to make was uh, bitches love Whole New World. <laughs> uh, he said it far more eloquently. Uh, he, he sort of, but it just sort of like, you ever have this thing where someone will say something wordy, like, and you'll just immediately condense it in your head into a, a bite? Yeah, yeah. Th- that that was how my brain condensed it. Um, I mean, Whole New World is probably the best Disney love song. Yeah. Easily. I mean, there's contenders, but like, it's 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 up there. I, I would say maybe not it's not so much a love song but uh I would say its biggest rival as far as Disney songs goes would be uh Party of Your World. Uh I mean there's been this has been a hotly debated thing like what is what is best blah 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 X song in every you know, I'm not trying to have that conversation. No, I'm just I saying those I. have to. I those have to, th- those are two contenders for that title. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Like, and then uh, Beauty and the Beast, like the song Beauty and the Beast, Tales oh, of yeah. Time. Like Tales of this Time is, uh yeah, it's glorious. And then like um, I'm reflection. We talked about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man out of you, make a man out of you. I actually like Man Out of You is like iconic, but I really think Reflection is the better song. I think, yeah, but I don't want to get too much into that until we talk about Mulan. Yeah, yeah, but um, that uh, Aladdin um, oh, I know what I was gonna say. The animation in this film is still Chef Kiss. Oh yeah, it's Brett. It it's absolutely a treat it, it's a treat to watch like save for some of the cgi that was used in the cave of wonders obviously yeah there, there's parts of that that really look like um particularly that part where it's like a close-up of his head and he's like doing the flying and he he's flying on the carpet and like yeah. it, it, it's focused on his head that looks like something straight out of like one of those like uh vhs games mm-hmm uh, or like a DVD menu clip. Yeah, like. <laughs> but on that note, on good CGI, yeah, carpet. Carpet, yeah. Like a character that literally has no face or any anthropomorphic features, and yet still is able to express so. The tassels his hands. I think the tassels his hands it, count it, as anthropomorphic. Yeah, but, but yeah, but like in general, like he has no face, and it's like yeah. Despite having literally no face, so much. He's fantasy R two D two. He is. He. I. It wasn't until like because again watching these films for this podcast, I have to really like in the moment thinking about what I want to say and really give a critical eye. And that's one of the things I never really thought about. But like, holy shit, uh, carpet is such a 
achievement because not only is he he looks good for a CGI character in, during this time, but he's so well animated. You know what that means? Mm. Abu is 3PO. Damn. If carpets are two, it, it's a different sort of anxious mess, but it's still like, huh? Because he he fits the role of naysayer. And Aladdin is Luke, and we got Jasmine is Leia. Yeah, and uh, Genie is both Han Aladdin. and Ben. Yeah. Huh. You can. It's all hero's journey. It's like, all hero's journey. It's all hero's journey. Every the, the, these archetypes are so vague that you can really fit anyone to anything, but it's fun. It, it's fun to journey. do so. It's like when we did that with fucking. Uh, we talked about trios and shit and samurai shampoo. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you know, but um, uh, I already mentioned the stuff about uh, the move. Like you know, back to the music real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of sad that Jafar's reprise of Prince Ali didn't become like a full villain song. Yeah, he needed a villain song. That would have been the perfect time for a villain song. I'm I, I liked his reprise of Prince Ali, and it just made me be like, okay, that's when it's like he gets blasted away, and then we like turn the reprise into a full villain song, right? Yeah. Like, he was going to have a song about the cut it from the film. That sucks. It, it wasn't a good song, though, so don't feel bad. Oh, okay. But I'm sad he doesn't have one. Say yeah. la vie. And going off of that, despite his racist design, I genuinely like Jafar's uh, voice performance. It's an excellent performance, yes. Um... Jafar is iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, obviously, you know, kids now probably have a different performance they consider iconic. But for our generation, Jafar is iconic. He's what he's. There's a reason that he's on the council of Disney villains in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, there's a reason he's there. He's one of the iconic Disney villains. Yeah, there's some other. Him, Ursula, and uh, and and Hades are like iconic for this era. Yeah, and Scar. Scar, yes, absolutely, Scar. Um, yeah, those are like the 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 iconic villains of this era of Disney. The thing they all sort of have in common is like a subtle queer coding. I mean, that's just. That's just how it be, baby. All Disney villains are queer or queer coded, unfortunately. Yeah. That, well, fortunately that... or, or unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it. Well, it'd be great if they weren't villains. <laughs> that that's yeah. what I'll say. But I'll I'll say that um, Disney villains are gay culture, and you can't take that from me. Uh, I have like, no desire to. Uh, Lindsay Ellis does a great uh, riff on that when she talks about the Little Mermaid. So I recommend okay. that video. All right, um, but I, I I will say um, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why they're iconic, and then you have like Gaston and Clayton, yeah, who like 
Gaston is a fun note, and Clayton. I like Gaston. You're way glad more than... to see him die. But... I like Gaston way more than Clayton. Yeah, same. Um, the, the weakest. I was gonna. You know what? Never mind. I was gonna say the weakest villain of the Renaissance was Sean Yu, but really the weakest villain of the Renaissance is Radcliffe from Pocahontas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Pocahontas fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't care what anyone tell. Like, Colors of the Wind can be as great as it wants, but Pocahontas fucking sucks. It's a bummer. It, it's a bummer of a movie. Just a everything bummer. about it. Yeah, it. it um, sucks, man. I hate Pocahontas. The, the re- in fact, the reason they did such a screwball comedy for Hercules was because people were like. Pocahontas was such a fucking bummer and sucked. Yeah. I always forget that those are only a year removed from each other. Oh, yeah. Wild, huh? Yeah. They're so different visually. Then Hunchback was next after that, right? Yeah. Oh, God. I, want... I love Hunchback, but... Hunchback's real good. Yeah. Um... Rolo is one of those characters I always forget about, but Rolo's fucking fantastic. Tony fucking gay, man. Yeah. He belongs to be among the other iconic ones. Oh yeah, he's up there. He's one of the best. Um, I we act recently in the the server we did the the tier list for Disney villains, mm-hmm. and I argue. I mean, we ended up putting Ursula at the top, but makes sense. I argued with my every breath in my body to put John Silver from Treasure Planet at the top because. <laughs> God, I love him. <laughs> but we'll, we can get it more into that when we eventually talk about Treasure Planet. You see, I would argue because he has a sort of mini redemption but through that film. The villain. He's, he's the, the villain. villain until a point. We, we, we can't get into this. Man's greed is <laughs> the villain we, of that. We can't. Of get that into movie. This. We can't. Uh, yeah. But anyway. The darkness that dwells in the heart of man is the villain of that movie. Back to Jafar. Yeah. Like, I think... One, Jafar, despite the I don't the gracious caricature, he really does strike a great silhouette at the base. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's a thin... Like, when you see him in that disguise, like, he's super thin. And you like, change his face. You yes. change his face, and it's no longer an issue. Exactly. And then... Uh, um, but the fact that his face is the way it is is... The issue, and so yeah. we can't forget that. But the aspect of him being thin, and then he puts on these clothes that are very big and poofy and voluminous, and he has big shoulder pads. Yeah. Like, it's a great visual, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Visual language for his yeah. design. Absolutely. And I love that he kind of totes this line between being very civil and having this air of nobility while hiding this really power-hungry insanity. Like, I think he has a great villain laugh. Yeah. He's like, evil um, cackle. He, he's... He belongs more in, like, adult fantasy fiction than a oh, Disney yeah. movie. Because he's right up there with bringing up Charles Dance again. He belongs with, like, the likes of Tywin Lannister and Mm -hmm. these, like, quietly menacing 
an extremely civil and um not civil but like extremely um mm-hmm. th- th- regal these like extremely regal characters oh yeah are just insidious um this is just a random side note have you ever watched once upon a time the, uh, the no, I have not. I, I okay. have not. No. Okay, so the first Dis- who gave Disney the right. Have you seen the guy who plays Jafar in that? No. Hold on. I, Hold on. I, I need to. I have purposefully tried to avoid anything pertaining to that show. Let me just, because there it is. Okay. Oh. Who who gave them the right? Well, they knew they messed up, so they had to make it right. It's true. By the way, if anybody who hasn't, anybody who's listening, go look up the guy who plays Jafar in Once Upon a Time, because, oh, he's very handsome. Yeah. Very handsome. But anyway. um, Hold on. Oh, you want to look up the actor? Yeah, I just want to. I think he was played by two different actors, and this was his second actor. All right, well, I'll read off both of their names. Um, All right, well, as an adult, he's played by Odin Fair, who, if you remember from The Mummy, uh, Ah, the the nomad guy. Yes, that's why he's... uh, That's Odin Fair, who, for a while, was a lot of people's favorite for uh, Doctor Strange as well. He would have been a great Strange. Yeah. Um... And then I believe this one is uh, Naveen Andrews. Very handsome man. And then he was played, uh, a child version of him was played by Anthony Kevion. Okay. Uh, This. Yeah, that looks like him. Looks more like him than. uh, Than Odin Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, la- I think the last thing I wanted to say was I'm sorry why did you want to I didn't have anything else to bring up okay I the one thing I will um, say bad about this film is I really wish that Jasmine was more involved in the plot yes um, like, she kind of does doesn't do a whole lot and it sucks because I like Jasmine yeah Jasmine is a really great character who just doesn't get enough because yep. they they really in the early part of it they go out of their way to make her more than just a damsel mm-hmm. but then she's sort of and even when she's captured she's still being like she's being an oh. active part in her rescue yeah uh, i'm not even going to call it her rescue in the defeat of uh jafar which, um, yeah, the but really, it's she the TV still show. just go on. Sorry, I'll she just you. doesn't get enough. She just does not get enough. Yeah, it's really, the, it's really the TV show where she gets to shine. Yes, one hundred percent. Like she's fantastic in the TV show, and yep. it, it not only does a good job of developing developing her as a character, but also developing her and Aladdin's relationship. Yeah. Like, I think the TV show is an essential companion piece to this movie. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like the the this the TV show and King of Thieves like are great. I still like Return of Jafar personally. It's, it's just the return of the villain. It's it's still fun. It's uh I really hate Return of Jafar. Okay. But that's fine. I have not seen it since I was a child. So yeah, I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to stand here and like defend it. try to defend it. Yeah. The only thing that it gave us was Abysmal. Yeah, which is one of Jason Alexander's few animated roles outside of Duckman. <laughs> yeah, and we, we talked a lot about his performance in uh, in the TV show. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Abysmal. Mm-hmm. Abysmal, Abysmal. <laughs> you just got uh, that? You just no, got that? No, it always gets me, is the thing. The, uh, other, the other thing that was fun was and I'm one on the one hand, I'm glad they didn't do it, and on the other hand, I'm sad they didn't do it. Is that mm-hmm. uh, in the the movie, uh, the third movie, it was actually going to be revealed that Mosenrath from the TV show was Aladdin's brother. Interesting. Yeah, I, and I felt like that could have been a really good because Aladdin's father is such a big part of that movie. Yeah, and also the villain of that movie is kind of nothing. So having Mosenrath be there and be the villain, and also because the third movie is a capstone to the show, that would have been really good. Yeah, yeah, it it kind of. I mean, you didn't have to keep the brother plot, but like having Mosenrath be the villain of the movie would have been fun. I think to some degree the reason they didn't do that is because they needed to be able to stand without having knowledge of the show. Yeah, but yeah. It's not great because you and I as nerds love a sense of continuity. It's true. But But. that movie stands pretty well with just the knowledge of Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and then itself. Yeah, that's fair. Um, There's a disconnect, which is something, it shouldn't be news to anyone. There's a disconnect between D- Disney TVA and Disney Theatrical. Did you ever want to talk about that movie? What? Uh, 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 Prince King of Thieves? Thieves? King of Thieves? I mean, yeah, I'll talk about any of them. Uh, mm. We do got to do Return Jafar first, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'll, I'll, if that's the sacrifice I have to make to talk about King of Thieves. I, I, I mean, I feel like... We already sort of screwed it up by doing the show first, but I feel like if we're doing movies, we should do the movies in order. Well, I mean, we're doing the sh- we're at least doing the show before King of Thieves. Yeah. So there's that. But what um, if we just do them together? King of Thieves and Return to Far. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. Okay. That's for the future, though. Yeah. Uh. I was gonna say, dude fucking the, a month of Disney sequels, but... We could do that. Cool. Uh, I don't know if there's any others that I actually want to watch. Uh, the Lion <laughs> King 2? Uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't share a lot of people's nostalgia for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lion King was one where I was just like, I don't want a sequel. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with what we got. Uh, Fair enough. I was very much content with just that, and then the Timon and Pumbaa TV show. <laughs> yeah, fair. But um, we can um, we can discuss that at a later time. Yeah. 
but a month of Disney sequels. Um, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for any Disney sequels. Well, most of uh, the them one... are tra- most of them are trash. To be okay. fair, uh, most of the ones I did see, I saw years later. Yeah, like, yeah. As an adult, with yeah, internet. There are, um, there are some of them that have some worthwhile stuff. Okay. I, I've seen Mulan 2. Oh, and, I, hate, I hate Mulan 2. Yeah, it's not great, but it was good for a laugh at the very least. Did you know that there's... I don't know if there's a, there's a series of these, but there's a, a novel, official Disney novel, and it's about Mulan going to the Chinese underworld to save Shang's soul. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me find it. Uh, I want to go determine what it's called. Uh, it's called Reflection. Okay. Uh, Reflection, and it's part of the Twisted Tale series. Yeah, Reflection, A Twisted Tale. It's on the Disney wiki. Uh, what if Mulan... Yeah. When Captain Shang is mortally wounded by Shan Yu in, a, in battle, Mulan must travel to the underworld, Dai Yu, in order to save him from a certain death. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, I want to read this. That that sounds really fucking cool. It does. I'm I'm I want to know if any of these other. It seems to be part of like a bunch of like one-off books, and I'm curious if any of them any of the other ones are any good or have at least cool concepts you know yeah jeez uh but anyway uh, i don't think i have anything else to say about Aladdin. yeah i don't either yep i don't uh, got anything else to say Aladdin... uh i i, I did mm-hmm. i had a friend uh briefly i had a friend who uh was i think his family was from turkey um who really hated aladdin uh, because he thought it was like a really bad representation, not only of the of the stories, but also of uh, uh, like the jinn myths and stuff like that. Um, That's valid. He and it's his, I, it's his culture, so yeah. And I, I felt like we would be doing a disservice if we didn't comment on that at least, or at least bring it up. Oh yeah. Um, Shit. You know what? All right. What? I have. I do have more to say about Aladdin. Mainly that Disney ripped off the Thief and the Cobbler. A lot of the elements from this movie are taken from Thief and the Cobbler. For those of you who don't know, the Thief and the Cobbler was in production for years. Like, I I don't, it was like seven, eight, maybe ten. Jeez. Hold on, I'm gonna, the Thief and the Cobbler need to remember the exact i don't want to get this wrong because this is very important we'll eventually talk about this film in some respect yes but, but to give a brief summary uh it's an unfinished animated film by richard williams and richard williams is a legend in animation uh, originally it was conceived in the 60s and it was in and out of production for a very long time and then he passed the film was never finished disney got the rights to the film took a lot of its elements and put them into Aladdin and then subsequently recut what was in The Thief and the Cobbler that they had and released it themselves. 
to basically bank on the success of Aladdin by releasing a quote-unquote ripoff of Aladdin. <sighs> it fucking sucked. Yeah. But I don't want to get too much more into the stuff about Thief and the Cobbler because I think we... We'll do an episode. We'll do. I, uh, we've talked about doing an episode about it and some like, uh, what's the word? Lost animation, like stuff that yeah. like never was finished or just is lost to time. Yeah. But I would feel like I would the be Legend doing of Annie Oakley or whatever. Yeah. That... Yeah, yeah. The... Calamity Jane, the Calamity Jane cartoon. Oh yeah, that, that that's what I meant. It, yeah, very short run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. I would feel like I would be really doing a big disservice if I didn't mention the fact that Disney took a lot of stuff from Thief and the Cobbler and put it into this film. For sure. And on that note, we're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we're going to close the show out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I am still Laser J, and I'm still joined by Kaiju Emperor. Yo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the show this week. Um, sorry. Really, uh, really knocked off some of the big ones off of the list. Yeah, uh, you, you've been itching to do some uh, Disney Renaissance films for a while. I mean, yeah, we're uh, like this is like what our fortieth episode, and we haven't episode really, forty. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't talked about a Renaissance film. I felt it was about time. I, I've been wanting. We talk about Disney a lot. Yeah. So I, I I try to like limit as much of the main focus of episodes being Disney. Yeah. Uh, and that has been to the detriment of that we just don't haven't done the mm. Renaissance films it, until it, now. It's like on the one hand, yeah, it's Disney. You're gonna like it. Kind of gets t- talked about to death. But on the other hand, I like we're a podcast about animation. Like we kind of have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, if, if you have. Uh, please give us uh, ratings and reviewings on whatever your podcatcher of preference is, whether it's iTunes and Apple Podcasts, or I don't know if we're on Google Podcasts yet because they have an automated thing, uh, or, or Stitcher or Spotify. Wherever uh, you're listening to this, leave, comment, review, rate us, whatever. It really helps. Yeah. Makes us uh, more, and makes... also... Go on. Sorry, go on. It makes us more visible... Which means if we get more visible, we might get um, uh, people who want us to do ad reads, which means we might actually start making money off of this podcast. And yeah, we might be able to bring this podcast to you more often, maybe on, yeah. a, week- on a weekly basis if we start making money off of it. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, uh, tell a friend. Yes. Uh, that 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 would be absolutely phenomenal if you could just. Get a friend to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you got a car ride. You got a, you got a road trip coming up. You know, it, it people are starting to leave their homes again. 
Uh, I know a couple people are starting to take road trips. You know, maybe just throw an episode on during a road trip mm-hmm. with whoever you're going with and see if they like it. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, that'll be two hours of uh, two hours and something of your uh, of your drive taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. but if you want to get in contact with us, well, you can do that in a number of ways. The first and foremost is through email. You can get at us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Kai, can I get that email back one more time? That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Yep, you can also find us on Twitter at at Podcast. That's at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. Uh... We mostly retweet good uh, animation bits that we like. Sometimes uh, uh, storyboards, storyboards, animatics, uh, concept art. Uh, yeah, and we also post when new episodes go up, and we also sometimes post previews the day before the episode goes up. Mm-hmm. Um. But and if you don't want to listen to a two-hour podcast, but you want a taste of what the show is like, maybe check out some of the previews we already have. Yeah. Uh, and we're, they could all, you, they, you can also find us on Tumblr. Uh, Kai can tell you more about our Tumblr. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. And if you don't want to get in touch with the email, you can also send us an ask. Uh, we've got we've actually gotten a few asks over the past few episodes. Uh, All right, but I mean not this week, but you know, oh, just, okay. just in general. But um, yeah, not, nothing in the email either. Yeah, no, no asks this week. We did get one a couple weeks, a couple episodes ago, but still, yeah. Be. Yep. And All right. That's uh, that's how you get in touch with the show. But if you want to get in touch with either of us, yeah. Uh, Kai, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at kaiju underscore emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U-E-M-P-E-R-O-R. Uh, you can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju dash emperor. Spelled the exact same way. And those are retweets, reblogs of things I like. Usually cute art, things about animation, and dumb memes. But if you want anything original from me or just like tabletop stuff, you can also follow my side blog on Tumblr, Kai's Tome. That's K-I-F-T-O-M-E. Um, I I am, I keep saying I'm working on something to finally, like, I've been mainly reblogging stuff there, but I do have plans to be posting something there soon. I actually am making a new bard subclass. Okay. Called the College of the Maestro. Hmm. Uh, so if you're interested in something like that, uh, go check out uh, Kai's Tome. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Turbo Honcho. That's at T-U-R-B-O-H-O-N-C-H-O. Uh, that might change in the future. Who knows? But for now, it's at Turbo Honcho. Um, that's it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it for the plugs. Um, thank you for listening. And... Uh, Until next time, don't be a jackass. We'll see you then. Bye!
over there? I guess. B -b 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 -b